I'm Maddie. And I'm Ryan. And this is The Mutant Ages, a show where we watch every adaptation of the X-Men. And every now and then, every year or so, <laughs> we've managed to crack open the mailbag and respond to listener questions. And I feel like it's been forever. So yeah. let's open her up. Let's check them out. Back when we were young, we experienced a change. The Santa bag of mail from everybody. Okay, by the time people listen to this, it is 2023. It's January. It's It's not Christmas anymore. (laughs) I hope they all enjoyed our very loud Christmas special. (laughs) I hope so. I hope so. It was very fun to record. I laughed a lot. Me too. So I hope other people enjoyed it as much as we did, because we clearly had a great time. You can hear it in the record. Yeah, shout out to Maddie's editing skills on that one, because that... What are you talking about? I just lined up the tracks and nobody interrupted each other, and it was completely perfect. <laughs> yeah, you're right, you're and right. it took two seconds. That was how we all naturally talked yeah, to each other. Yeah, exactly. Perfectly saying the lines, never losing our plays, perfectly modulated volumes. Everything about it was just 10 out of 10. <laughs> Easy peasy. I mean, our listeners already know this is not true, because they've watched our live streams where we blatantly don't do that and we just yell i know with the same cast where we're just screaming over each other and being like wait did you say the line yet and just screaming again i know it's all of us but i will say it is primarily todd and myself that are like the most guilty of yelling over everybody because the both of us do it you do it too i think ryan katie are a little bit better than the three of us are but then the thing is when i'm editing it First of all, you and Todd are hilarious, so I always want to keep that in. But then, <laughs> yeah, I agree. But then uh, Ryty and Katie will be the people who quietly have a joke in the background that I never hear until I'm editing it. And then I'm like, oh my God, I need to like move this over so that people can hear this. So I feel like the version of the show that people are getting is better than the one that we got to That's experience true. live because they're actually getting to hear Ryty and Katie's like deadpan additions to the proceedings so if you're ever periodically like wow like right here katie said something really funny and people don't respond to it we did not hear it that's why (laughs) that is is the scenario but hey you get to hear it and that's that's great so that's a little behind the scenes of editing the mutant ages hell yeah Uh, coming back to the listener mail i will say that we have received a lot of great questions and comments and a lot of appreciation for the show through discord and twitter and our mm-hmm. email the ages at gmail.com maddie and i have been sorting through that and responding to a lot of stuff individually just because we're getting such a huge amount of it and we don't want that to stop please keep on sending those questions in and please keep chatting with each other in the discord i mean sometimes that results in really fun conversations that me and ryan aren't even a part of and i was gonna say <laughs> there are oftentimes in the listener mail section of discord that somebody asks a question and i will not see it because so many other people respond to it so I'm glad the 
the conversation is happening. But if you ask something on Discord and it doesn't get responded to by us or is not on the show, it's not because we don't love you. It's because there's a lot of people chatting in there. Mm-hmm. And that's great. It is Honestly, great. that is the ultimate goal, right? Is getting everybody to have these conversations. It is the ultimate goal. And to, to have so many conversations that eventually Ryan and I don't have the ability to respond to them all on the show itself because... We got so many adaptations of the X-Men to get through people. We have years. Including Mutant X. The one is not really an X-Men show. But anyway. I keep wondering if we're going to watch that. I think we should because I keep reading about it. I keep looking at that Wikipedia page and being like, would this be kind of fun to watch? Because it sounds insane. Well, Mutant X is a weird situation where they were like, we want to make a TV show about the X-Men, but there was all the right issues. So Maybe we should just have it be like a weekly patreon episode i don't know we have so much time to figure this out i know we have so much we have so much left to do let's move on from mutant x i don't know why i made that joke it just immediately derailed us so (laughs) okay so anyway our first message is from cody harvard who is the host of the being a fan of disney podcast and i have been on a show before Mm -hmm. he wrote in to us with a great question that i think really ought to be addressed on here. Cody writes, I was wondering about the Mutant Ages theme song. I decided not to ask this on the episode because I didn't want to inadvertently seem like an ass because identifying as queer is not a biological change. It's the first part of the theme song about someone discovering being queer as an adolescent. I know that's when X-Men get or discover their powers. I also read before our interview that X-Men are an allegory for queerness because of a lot of queer people discovered that identity in adolescence. Just wondering. It is one of the best theme songs I have heard. I agree. It is the best theme song uh i didn't write it so thank you thank you everyone thank you cody thank you ryan thank you to all the fans clapping and nodding along as they listen right now (laughs) so ryan sent me this question way ahead of this episode he sent it to me when it was sent and i started laughing because i was like i haven't thought about those lyrics at all there's no intended meaning beyond precisely what they sound like when we first when i first recorded that theme song we had never done an episode of the show So for one thing, I had no idea how much we were going to talk about queer identity on the show. It's part of why our show has like such a neutral title, too. Like, I feel like if I had known what the show was going to be about, I would call it like the fucking gay ass X-Men podcast. Like, I I don't know. Like, that's kind of what the show became. I don't think that's what we would have called it. I think it would have still been like the Mutant Ages. You know what I mean? Like, it's 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 not it has a very neutral title because I was like, we're just going to watch every X-Men adaptation together. We're going to talk about them. And so the theme song is just a joke about us getting obsessed with the X-Men and the parallel is like, oh, we discovered our mutant powers and that's it. There's no queer allegory in the theme song, but maybe there should have been. Although now that you say it that way, <laughs> it almost sounds like the intention was to have that allegory there because... But it, it, no, because the first lyric is back when we were young, we experienced a change. Which was us discovering the X-Men when we were gay. Well, that I part don't know. is a change. I'm arguing that, that maybe but, it's But the part where we now. also realized we're gay, <laughs> I mean, it's sort of interesting to have that I mean, this is what we talk about on the show all the fucking time, where it's like, well, technically the X-Men don't experience a change either. It's just that the X gene is awakened in them or they realize they have it or whatever. And that's also similar to being queer, you know, where it's like you just realize that you are this thing. So I don't know. I I guess it works either way. It does, I guess. But that was not the intention initially. No, I did not intend the song to be a queer allegory. I just wrote the song because I wanted us to have a funny theme song. And that's what I did. And she accomplished that. It came out great. Yeah. (laughs) 
But thanks, Cody, for listening so hard to the lyrics and trying to piece together the hidden messages. Um, There are none. uh, But thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. But we did find Waldo. So, you know. We did find Waldo. Thank God. He's 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 found. hanging out with Carmen Sandiego somewhere. Um, So our next question comes from I Dream of Jean Grey. Great handle. And this is just going along with our Christmas uh, holiday special before we're completely away from December. Um, But which will ring in the X-Men episode, would you recut if you had to pick one as the series mandatory Christmas special? Mm. That's a great question. And now I feel like I've got okay, to Okay, now I need up. to, yeah, I'm like, okay, now I need to open up the full list of episodes. Hold on, hold on. Okay, this is tricky. I, I feel like I, this makes no sense, but I kind of want it to be the Gambit Polaris episode. <laughs> I don't know I, why. I don't know why either. I just, I feel like it would be fun if Gambit was cooking Polaris a Christmas dinner along with seducing her. It's probably because you just showed me that image of Gambit cooking the Christmas dinner from X-Men TAS, so I have it on the brain. Okay, well, but can you explain why I said that to you? This is unrelated to Wolverine and the X-Men. It is unrelated. Um, So Gambit's hand is backwards in this image. Just a little animation <laughs> uh, error. X-Men, the animated series, the Christmas episode, I we never noticed before. This is one of our favorite moments on the show, where, where Jean Grey is throwing the broccoli at Gambit, and Gambit is like, why can no one cook in this entire fucking house? Am I the only one who knows what paprika is um it's very funny but anyway there's an animation era where gambit looks like he's being helped by a mysterious interloper right such as thing from the adams family who's like lifting up the spoon for him because the hand is backwards anyway um i mean really any of them could work i suppose because none of them are christmas episodes so we could just say excessive force is a christmas episode and mr sinister has a christmas tree in the background of torturing scott like you can make anything a christmas episode if you wanted to i mean there has to be a resolve at the end of the christmas episode to be like okay so the christmas spirit is here but every single episode of this show ends on such a somber note that it's not i know even, i don't know if i had to rewrite something i guess i kind of want to pick one of the future episodes because i want to do something yeah that's not a bad idea like Badlands maybe because it's so separate from all the other shit that's happening in the future but they like get out of the city and they find Polaris and like it just turns into this weird Christmas episode about like not having family and trying to recover what you can and spending that time together while they're over there before they return to battle the Sentinels again I would I would probably recut it to do that yeah that would be fun. I mean, sad, but fun if they were like celebrating Christmas in a cave together and like trying to exchange gifts or something. Well, I mean, so like Lorna can have sort of an arc where she recovers from the trauma that she had, where she's like, I'm totally alone and don't trust anyone. And I don't trust you, Xavier, which good call. And having everybody be like, no, we can be like found family for each other because that's what the Morlock Christmas is all about. That's true. I, I feel like the only one other one I can think of that could work, and I hate this episode, so I don't know why I'm saying this, is Past Discretions, which is, of course, course maverick's daughter because that one does have a happy ending right where doesn't it end with or no not that episode which one's the episode where they end with the father and daughter reuniting i don't remember stolen lives for some reason like they yeah it was stolen lives actually you're right that one has a happy ending but we hate the episode so i guess it needs to be recut into a christmas episode so that we can end there also if we just want to cut mystique out of that and put silver fox in i'm down for that yeah sure and then add in a bunch of christmas (laughs) stuff and then it's like a totally different episode and then it ends with like the father and daughter reuniting under a christmas tree together yeah 
that, perfect. That's right. All right, let's move on to the next one. Uh, Maddie, I'm going to have you read this one, okay? Okay, so Elliot writes, something I've always wondered about the X-Men in the context of the wider Marvel universe is, why do people treat mutants so differently than people who get superpowers via other means? Does it really matter that much if you got your powers assigned at birth versus an accident or whatever? I am trying to imagine a world where the Avengers can be put on a pedestal as heroes, but mutants can be feared and hated. Also, what does this mean for the symbolism of the X-Men? This is a great question. Yeah, great question. First of all, Elliot, I would say that the Inhumans and the storylines that they started doing with them after the X-Men were like a Fox property and not in the MCU during that weird time period where the Inhumans were basically the same as mutants are a good answer to this question because the Inhumans were also discriminated against and a lot of times were sort of like a immigration allegory because the Inhumans were like caused by aliens. That's Kamala Khan's story and it's why Kamala Khan was sort of originally conceived of as a mutant because they did the parallel between like the racism and anti-immigration sentiments that she was experiencing in her real life and her developing superpowers that happened to her not at birth, although they've changed that in the television show, but in the comics, she's an inhuman. So I think that's one answer. And the other answer I would say is that people are scared of the Avengers. I mean, that's why they have those, uh, the Avengers Accords or whatever, not the Avengers Accords, the uh, Sokovia Accords. Yeah. And I, I think the comics do a better job with this than the MCU does, if only because they have so much more time to talk about it. But the Avengers work with the government a lot. And that's part of what like the Civil War movie kind of covers is like the the storylines in the comics where the Avengers have disagreements about whether to work with the government or not, whether to be registered or not. But you may recall even from the MCU version of that, that like Captain America didn't want to be registered. Like that's a conflict that the Avengers also face in the comics. So that's part of the answer. But I do think there is an actual difference between Tony Stark choosing to become a superhero and somebody who doesn't choose that. And the fact that it could happen to anyone right. and that you could have a baby born who just turns out to have superpowers. Like that, I think, is a very different story. And that makes the metaphor work better for a queer allegory, I would say, because it's like, oh, you don't necessarily know your own child. And like, that's a fear that parents have, which is um, sort of relatable, but also like, well, don't you still love them? I mean, that's that's something that works a lot better with a power that you're born with, as opposed to Tony, Tony Stark, whose power is being rich and also a scientific genius who can build a fucking Iron Man suit. Also Bruce Wayne. And Bruce Wayne. And, I mean, I just, I feel like inherently those stories are going to be different. And also socially, we're a lot more okay with rich people having a fuckload of power for some reason. Yeah, I know that there's that. But I was going to say Tony Stark and Bruce Wayne are both <laughs> characters who turn to being a superhero because they're so massively traumatized and they're not yeah. managing it Which well. Which is also worth being scared of. Let's just say that. <laughs> like it, it, Because it's like, maybe go to therapy. Well, I'm just saying there's like a whole mental illness component happening here, you know? And I think that is something yeah, to mention. And I don't I, I will say that in the Marvel Universe, there are characters who are not mutants that have powers, but the number of characters that are born with powers that aren't mutants are very... Very low. Or, like, ha acquire powers some other way. It's mostly mutants. Like, Captain Marvel is maybe an example. Or, like, the Fantastic Four, you know? The, but they're not born with it either. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of robots and super soldiers and government-created characters in the Avengers when you think about it. That's right. Like, the Vision. But people are terrified of the Vision. I mean, that's, that's what I love about those comics, is that that's another allegory for, in the Vision, 
Ben's case, a lot of times he is sort of presented as a character who's maybe on the autism spectrum, right. sort of like Data from Star Trek, where it's like he's a character who's trying really hard to relate to other people, but he's like, I'm different and I don't know how to relate to in the same way that other people do. I mean, other people have written about this, but but the point is that people are scared of these other beings. They are. And it's often a really good lens for storytelling. I agree. And before I wrap that up, I'm going to say uh, that if we stray away from the Marvel Universe and you look at the DC Universe, people love the superhero aspect just in the same way that people in the Marvel Universe are like, oh, yeah, there's superheroes here. But for the most part, the Justice League is not viewed as saviors, like yeah, helpful. Like a lot of people are scared of the Justice League. And if you've ever watched Justice League Unlimited. They, yeah. And Superman. I mean, that is Lex Luthor's entire motivation. Right. I mean, obviously we can look at Marvel and be like, OK, so we had the Captain America movie where it was like basically Captain America versus Iron Man and their politics. And that was a great breakdown of that. Yeah. Civil War. But yeah, there is an entire season of Justice League Unlimited that really does deep dive into people being scared of superheroes and like, are they there to help or not? Justice League Unlimited, by the way really good show i was just talking to our mutual friend gita about that show yeah. yesterday and how good it is you know what hand paul dini anything and he'll write a masterpiece that oh my man God. incredible amazing that show is streaming i think i think it's on hulu now it's always rotating around various networks really uh, fun to watch this is not a show where we will ever rewatch all of justice league unlimited because that's not this show yeah however great rewatch listen <laughs> we're gonna do that we're gonna do gargoyles we're gonna do golden girls yeah we'll be 74 well, but we'll, we'll be start <laughs> it'd be really funny if we started a golden girls podcast at the same ages of them yeah so when we're like at our mid 50s to mid 60s we just start going back and be like remember golden girls it's also funny because all the actual golden girls actresses ages are like nuts like none of them are the ages oh, of I know. their characters so like when would we start that show i don't even know i mean they did that show when they were much younger than being 50 to 60 so yes. anyway um so the next question comes in from brock and he writes dick grayson notoriously has the best butt in dc but which mutant has the best butt <laughs> And then he sends this picture they put in hmm. Discord. It's not safe for work. Uh, I'm sending it to you on Slack, but it's a Photoshop that somebody made of Wendigo attacking Nightcrawler, except a version of Nightcrawler where Whoa. his clothes are gone. And like, oh it's Wendigo swiping at Kurt's this? butt, screaming <gasps> that ass. And Kurt's ass is pretty great here. I will point that out. Mm -hmm. But yeah, buddy, who do you think has... That's not who I was going to say. I was actually going to say Bobby, Iceman. I feel like he's the answer that most people would give because he usually has that sweet, icy butt. I know. He's always got it out on display. I mean, he doesn't wear clothes. He doesn't wear clothes. I feel like genuinely that's the answer. Like, I do think that artists love to draw Bobby's ass. I mean, he's also an out and proud gay man at this point. But even before that, I feel like people were kind of like, hmm. Uh, yeah, Bobby's gay. And I, I just think that was really reflected in the art in much the same way that Dick Grayson. I mean, many people read him as a queer. Is, has, is he out? No, he's still not out as bisexual yet. I feel like it's got to happen eventually. But it's like a thing, right? Like it's a similar to Bobby scenario where like at this point, so many people think it's 
canon that it like almost is. Am I making that up or am no, I just not. hanging out with too many gay people? I mean, listen, <laughs> yeah, Dick Grayson yeah. is definitely queer to some degree. However, I think he rides a bisexual spectrum. Absolutely. Unlike Bobby, who's gay, gay, gay. Yeah, like Bobby's relationships didn't work because there was only like three <laughs> and they didn't touch each other. So like still, I still love that Wolverine and the X-Men was just like Bobby's gay. <laughs> I love that. Even though it's like unintentional. And Kitty, which is great. And Kitty. But also just the two of them being like we're not gonna date that's insane <laughs> like i love that that's so funny but yeah i think it, the answer is bobby i think that's um, a good what, answer what do you think well i have a few different answers here um <laughs> ryan's top 10 butt list yeah I, you know what i really could start that like you i would assume that cable and logan would have great asses just because of their workout absolutely i mean forge forge has a whole squad uh, same and colossus obviously would have a great bodybuilder ass of course shiny metal ass yeah naturally i i have one for each uh gender but <laughs> okay. whatever that means and uh so i do feel like warren probably has the best butt because mm, whenever people mm-hmm. draw warren naked or that backside shot of him he looks great oh yep. he's got a bubble butt baby and like oh, you just yeah. want to like go to also warren i mean okay <laughs> this is kind of a tricky thing because it's like yes all the x-men were in spandex yeah but they don't always have their butt out like some of them have like a a little okay, you know cape over it or whatever but warren out. always has his butt out and bobby always has his butt out so i do feel like that's part of this where it's like not I only agree. do they have a great butt which i think you can fairly assume all the superheroes do but they're also showing it off, you know? Right. I mean, like, you know how Rogue's always showing her ass off, like, all the time? Of course! She's always wearing that little cropped jacket. Is that your next pick is Rogue? Uh, it's actually not, but I was just going to point it out because she's wearing spandex. But honestly, of course. legitimately, it has to be Storm, right? Like, Storm yeah. has to have, like, a great fucking butt. I mean, she has a great body, period. She's fucking That's what ripped. I'm saying! She's ripped she's as hell. She's beautiful. She's gorgeous. And she's constantly wearing that, like, two-piece... It's not a bikini. It's like attached in the middle. It's like a one-piece bathing suit with cutouts. Well, sometimes she wears pants. Sometimes she doesn't, depending on the situation. You know why? She gets to do whatever she wants. Yeah. Those are my votes, everybody. All right. You can you can write in onto Discord to let everybody know which <laughs> X-Men character you think has the best ass. Um, yeah, that's definitely worth joining the Discord I mean, over. In the long run, they really all have a great ass. Let's just be they real. Do. Except for Cy- no, Cyclops would even have a good ass, too, even if it's flat. I mean, they all work out all the time no it would be good it would be it wouldn't be flat i feel like forge is out here sharing his squat routine with everyone also in the krakoa era they can literally make whatever body they want yeah right like we know that from kid omega constantly changing his body and like have submitting to sage like his stupid makeover requests like she's or whoever it's so funny but like because of that we know that they are capable of having literally anybody they want so that's true everybody looks the way they want to look you know what we're we're on we're both completely wrong. It's Mr. Sinister. <laughs> it is. He's been perfecting the butt. He over would just the like be changing his butt shape to be what it needs to be in that moment at all times. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Right. <laughs> We're spending a lot of time on like X-Men ass. I knew we would, but you know, whatever. Okay, so okay. this next message, this next email comes in from Lavender Nebula. Great. Uh, actually, I think it's I think it's from Discord. Well, it came from somewhere. Um <laughs> okay great (laughs) okay this is a great great question it's a little lengthy but i think it's worth talking about uh lavender nebula writes 
I'm in another X-Men Discord server where people sometimes get very angry about the canon version of Nightcrawler being different than their favorite fanon interpretations of him. They also often get very upset about writers prioritizing some aspects of his personality over others. I'm starting to be pissed off about some of the complaining because I honestly don't think it's fair to get mad at writers for not tailoring a character to your specific personal interpretation of that character. Is it shitty for me to be frustrated by this? And on a scale of 1 to 10, how inappropriate would it be for me to speak up (laughs) i've been very supportive of the complaints and even lied about agreeing with them because i feel sort of guilty about how strongly i actually disagree but i really Mm. wish there was a polite way to say for the love of god and all that is holy please log off and go outside Uh, (laughs) okay i don't think there's a polite way to say that lavender but i think we can come up with something else for you yeah all right uh as a neurodivergent (laughs) person who likes my favorite things way too much i completely understand that people's favorite characters are precious to them and they often feel a sense of ownership over those characters Mm -hmm. nightcrawler is my favorite x-men character because that's what happens when you watch x2 as a closeted gay catholic kid so i especially understand why fans are so attached to kurt on the other hand i also believe that art is up to interpretation and everyone's interpretations are both valid and valuable this is especially true with long-running superhero comic franchises where dozens of writers and artists collaborate to weave a fairly loose canon and creators can pick and choose which elements of the canon they personally want to focus on while adding new things to the canon this is my favorite thing about comics the way i see it everyone's personal interpretation of a character is a little bit different and that's okay there's a version of that character that only exists in your head and that's going to be different than the version of the character that exists in someone else's head and that's cool that's a good thing it's just exhausting to watch people say stuff along the lines of i'm angry at the writers because the versions of kurt in their heads aren't exactly the same version of kurt in my head is this behavior really as petty and annoying as i think it is or am i just being an asshole should i say something (laughs) or keep my mouth shut and to finish it off some of my friends are furious about nightcrawler having horns now to the point of saying that everyone involved with the creative choice obviously hates kurt and also they're very angry about nightcrawler fans being okay with horns i didn't mention it in the earlier part of this question because it's a spoiler but also because it isn't really that relevant to the themes of the question. Okay, so there's a lot going on here, and I actually feel very, very strongly about this, and I'm actually on your side, Lavender, where it's like people are funneling in their negative energy about changes. This reminds me of the beast question, too, that we got last time around. I'm going to reference that, too, but like, okay. Okay. So let's let's start with (laughs) Kurt, right? So Kurt (laughs) is somebody who has horns now, and We didn't see people complain when Ileana gets corns, right? No. Nope. Well, I think at the time that they wrote this, um, yeah, it we was didn't know. Like yeah. a month and a half ago. But I, here's the thing: is that who cares? <laughs> He's also not going to have horns again in a month because it's fucking comic books. Like, hello? Like, I'm oh, sorry. no. Magneto died. People are, like, we're crying about it because it's a beautifully written scene. It's but beautiful. I'm like, how long is that going to last? <laughs> like, I don't. Like, Xavier hasn't respected Magneto's wishes literally ever. He'll be back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. But also, like, somebody like Nightcrawler, who they retconned into being half mutant and half the son of basically the devil, mm-hmm. which was not a well-written retcon, but I don't hate it. I feel like it works in canon with this character who has grown up religiously and has strayed away from that and trying to create a new faith in Krakoa. Mm-hmm. I think it's really interesting for him to have that background, just even if, like, maybe the source material of it wasn't written very well, but I think it could add an interesting layer to it. Mm-hmm. But also, like, these are characters that have been around for, like, 60 years. And, like, if we just keep <laughs> doing the same thing over and over again, yeah. guess what, guys? 
X Men won't suck. be popular anymore, and people would stop giving a shit about that, and we wouldn't get new X Men content. That's the right. only way for a story to evolve is we if we evolve, evolve these it? characters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like, there's so many other things that I think about, like. Jean Grey and Emma Frost or yeah. Emma Frost and Kitty Pride, who canonically have been characters who hated each other. And you could argue, well, why are they friends now? And I'm like, because they fucking work their shit out. Like, you have to let these character stories evolve. Yeah, like they change. People change. They grow. Kitty Pride is Kate now. She's she's all like, call me Kate, baby. Like, she's she's growing up. She's changing. She's doing different shit with her life. She and Emma are getting along because they both changed so much. And, and Yeah, I agree agree that it may be challenging to adapt to that mm-hmm. the whole beast thing that's going on right now oh where now he's God. being arrested for all the atrocious <laughs> shit they, he's done and all i all i keep seeing is not just our discord and our listeners but just everyone on the internet being like beast is unredeemable we can never do anything with beast again he's ruined forever and i'm like there are so many other characters in the x-men who have done shitty things and are like emma frost is a great fucking example right or like gene just killing galaxies <laughs> jeans killed a billion people that's on the low end of the Listen, side that was the phoenix force don't even worry about that was just some feminism it was girl power or like what about <laughs> that that whole period of time where scott decided that it was like okay to just start like murdering people yeah <laughs> i honestly i feel like people haven't reread those comics <laughs> in a while because, a baby? Like, remember bishop trying to kill a baby 60 times but like that cyclops child soldiers arc is grim as fuck like he like enlisted x-23 to do some shit that was re-traumatizing for her like and cyclops is, is redeemable according to everyone like okay <laughs> Like, what? Well, of course he is, because everyone is, because it's comic books and it doesn't matter. And also now in the Krakoa era, people can be like remade with different sets of memories. So who even are they anymore? Well, they're not no one. They're like whoever they need to be for the story, you know? Like, Listen, in terms of writing, because both Maddie and I are writers, I know that you may have read our articles online, especially Maddie, because she writes more than I do publicly. But I, we both are in a lot of stories. And in order to evolve characters, the best thing to do is actually write yourself into a, a really absurd corner that you would be like this would never even happen to this character but how would they handle it how would how would they react right. yeah i mean like beast getting arrested is fascinating i love that for him it's like you know what deal with that now yeah. like what happens then i mean that's a great story it is a great story and before i close this off i do think <laughs> that this happens a lot like think about when cowboy bebop was adapted and like how much yes fucking, and how angry people were they're like it isn't a carbon copy of this thing that i know and love and I'm like but like i wouldn't want that but also if it had been people would have been mad too right you know like there was never any way to do it and and this happens with things across the board like i think that year there was a lot of stuff that came out that was like oh we're doing a continuation like we got the matrix sequel and i mean that's all been happening for years where people are dealing with having a reboot or a remake or like circling back 20 years later to something and especially if it's something that's been that long and they're like okay we've already written our heads what would happen but now that didn't happen Mm -hmm. that's a great fanfic it's a great fanfic and you're allowed to have that i advocate fan fiction it's great but like What's actually happening here is on a much deeper level where it's like people are freaking out about things and changes that are happening to these characters that they personally attach themselves to, perhaps seeing parts of themselves and that they loved. And then 
see this horrible thing happen and they get really angry about it because the things they're attached to aren't even really the character at that point so much as these emotions and no, other it's them it's their own things that, emotions yeah that have to be unpacked in a different way and in fact whenever i have an emotional reaction to pretty much any piece of media whether it's like happy or sad or depressed or angry i'm never mad at that i just go okay this is triggering something else that's like somewhere deep in my brain and i'll take that yeah which is can be fascinating if you actually have the skill to unpack that because you've you've done therapy or meditation or whatever that's what i do exactly and you're capable of looking at this and being like why am i having such an emotional reaction to kurt and you know lavender i actually think you're in a unique position there as as you say as a queer kid who was raised catholic who then came out later in life it sounded like you're capable of recognizing why somebody would relate to Kurt so much. And I think that is why you should say something. I agree. And you can do so in a really compassionate way and just be like, you know, I've really thought about this. And I think that it's okay for these characters to change. And here's how I've processed that. And it's more about me than the characters. And oftentimes when I'm accusing somebody that I don't know very well of these kinds of bad behaviors, I'll just put myself in the story and I'll just be like, this is something I've struggled with. And this is how I dealt with it. Maybe that's your situation. I don't know you well enough to say, but here's how I got through it. And that, and then they can take or leave that. And if they ignore you and they're just like, well, you're wrong, then whatever. Fuck those people. I would not even like if you're uh, no, no, I mean, I think it's really important to voice your opinion, especially if you don't come in aggressively with it and you come in and you're like, yeah, you can be compassionate and understand where they're coming from. But it's also important to one, draw a boundary if they are coming at you about it. And also, yeah, if people aren't respecting your thoughts thoughts and your opinions even though you're making the time to respect what they're saying and trying to hear them out like get rid of those people <laughs> like yeah, that's my thought <laughs> i mean like if this causes a huge issue for you there's other discords you know like if it shouldn't cause a huge issue and ideally this is a discord where people are capable of having a mature conversation where they're like I know that this story is going to move on. Comics change. It's just that for me right now, this story for Kurt is really irritating. Like, that's That's fine. fine. And it's also okay to just be like, I don't like this writer's interpretation of Kurt, so I'm not going to read their comics, and I'm going to wait until there's another writer. We've all done that. (laughs) (laughs) We've all been there. (laughs) Like, it's okay to just not like something, and you don't have to take it personally. How many fucking uh, Brian Singer X-Men films do we hate? How much have we made fun of Apocalypse on this show? God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Like, how how many times have we talked about fucking comics that we do not like? Yeah, but see, that's a great example to be like, but then he could be written in a way that we do agree with. So, like, I don't know. I think it's just interesting. I think Apocalypse is actually pretty fascinating now. I, I yeah. think he's interesting. He's a fucking weirdo still, but he's kind of interesting now. Well, you know, he's also like a blue Egyptian man. I so know, I don't he's even from know. ancient Egypt and he's got some <laughs> weird ideas about mutant supremacy. But you know what? Sometimes it can be kind of interesting and... And that's true of Kurt, too. That's true of Beast, too. I I think maybe we'll get some weird time-traveling Beast from some other period of time who's more like the beast we love and then that'll have a give us mixed feelings or he just dies and they resurrect him on krakow without the crazy shit i don't know yeah just resurrect him without his memories or some shit and then they we can have a conversation about whether that's ethical or not and that'll be its own storyline right that's fun that's what it's supposed to be exactly all right let's move on to something a little more fun um so this is just (laughs) generally from discord uh because a lot of our listeners were asking this about this and i think maddie's gonna have to respond a little bit more than me (laughs) but there's a two-part question here so it's like our 
what are our opinions on Marvel Snap and Midnight Suns? And also, have we played the mobile game Future Fight? And what do we think about it? Have you played Future Fight? Okay, so this is where it's funny is that I have not played Marvel Snap or Midnight Suns yet, but I actually have played quite a bit of Future Fight. That's what I thought. I thought that was the one that you were but into. But I'm, I'm going to download Marvel Snap because I was thinking about it this morning and I was like, I should give it a chance. I, it's a thing that everyone's doing and it's characters I like. And maybe this is a way for me to finally understand deck building games because it's got shit I care about in there. So yeah, but why don't you go first with the first half of that question? I know that you've been talking about a lot on your other podcast, Triple well, Fix, whatever. so you don't need Who to cares? go to full extent. I mean, I've also played a lot more Midnight Sun since I talked about it on Triple Click. I'm now like 30 hours in, and I'm probably going to beat it because I'm fucking obsessed with it. Uh, Todd got it too. Todd got it too. Okay, so I'll talk about Marvel Snap first because I have less to say about that because that game doesn't have a story. It's just cards. <laughs> um, it's, a, it's for phones. It's free. It's a card game. It's a very fun card game. It has Marvel characters. I feel like my struggle with it is... I just don't really like card games that much. And I don't like deck building games. Yes, that's why I haven't I haven't jumped into it. I don't know if you're going to like it or not. Like, it is fun to have all of the Marvel references there. And like each of the settings is Marvel setting and all the superpowers are Marvel superpowers. But there's no story. And that's just not my kind of game. Like, it's pure tactics. And that's fun. And I really enjoyed playing it for a few weeks. Like, I'm not going to lie. It really did addict me for a second there. I was really into it. I was playing it every day. And then I just kind of fell off of it, forgot about it, never opened it up again. And then a few days went by and I was like, oh, I guess I'm done with that. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of how I interact with it. That's I think that's a lot of mobile games, though. It's free and it's fine to download. And I thought it was really cool that for at least a few weeks there, all my coworkers were talking about Marvel superheroes and Slack and how much they loved it. That was really fun for me. Um, Midnight Suns, strongly recommend it obsessed with this fucking video game like <laughs> yeah all i want to do is play it i'm a little sad we're recording the, the episode right now because i could be playing more midnight suns i am addicted it is a problem i'm gonna be really sad when it's I will over probably stream it i, in I could January, go on and on honestly. and on, and on. <laughs> so. like, i'm having so much fun with it okay so let me describe this game it is also technically a card game but that's not the point of the game. And the deck building stuff is really in the background. Like you pick attacks for your characters based on cards, but they don't need to be cards, cards if that there? makes sense. Like you're just picking your attacks. There are cards. There's there's cards on the screen, but that's not the point of the game. Is this like Kingdom Hearts uh, Chain of Memories where it sounds like you're attacking people with cards for some reason? Yes. Actually, yes, it is okay. similar to Chain of Memories, except it's a way better video <laughs> game. It's more like if... It's an RPG. It's an RPG. You have this huge team of superheroes. Eventually, I think you have like 14 or 15. Right now, I think I have 10. Um, but you slowly are enlisting more and more people. You start off with Tony Stark and Doctor Strange. And at the beginning, I was like, I hate these fucking guys. I'm going to be so bored. But then as time went on, I was like, okay, Ileana's in this game. Nico from Runaways is in this game. They're hilarious. Um, Robbie Reyes is in this game as uh, Ghost Rider, the young Ghost Rider. He's adorable. I fucking love him. Blade is in this game. I He's hilarious. He has a crush on Captain Marvel, and it's so cute. I love them together now, and I now I'm like, we need to like see some comics random, where Blade and Carol Danvers like, are dating. It seems so random, but the way they write it ends up being so cute, and you're going to ship them if you play this I game mean, because they're adorable game. together, and it's such a random couple, but I was just like, oh my god, I love you guys what about magic and nico should they date i don't know honestly magic hates everyone in this game and i love that about <laughs> but, her she's just constantly okay. annoyed by everybody and it's great <laughs> 
Um, a lot of the story is really stupid. I skip a lot of dialogue, not going to lie. I just don't really ever care what Tony and Doctor Strange have to say. And there's so much dialogue. That's my big complaint is there's just way, way, way too much. And it doesn't matter. So I skip a lot. Do they fix that pause button yet? No, nope. still, still no like pause button. Around? Okay. Still no pause Great. button. But I recommended, I think that the combat ends up being really fun. It's like XCOM. It's turn-based tactics. I like that a lot. Or like um, Fire Emblem. Yeah, it's a little, it's all, it's like Fire Emblem Three Houses, but with Marvel superheroes. And uh, That's fine. if that sounds fun to you, get it because uh, it's really fucking fun and the combat's super fun. I know I'm going to play Midnight Suns. I just, it's December and I'm like, I don't have time to do anything until like January because it's the holidays. But I will play that. I have just downloaded Marvel Snap while we were talking about this right now. And I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot and I'll talk about it in there. Mm -hmm. So the answer to the other thing about the mobile stuff. Yeah, Future Fight. What's that like? So Future Fight's been around for a while. Um, There's there's a few different Marvel games. I know there's Champions Mm -hmm. and Revolution. I forget what the other one is. That's like the turn-based game that is... A little bit goofier but i've actually been a champions for a while i've come in and out of playing it i had an old phone before i was in the apple world i had a droid that i played it on and i couldn't transfer my account to this one so i'd start over so i took a break from the game for like a couple years um but it's i think it was one of the earlier games that marvel released as a mobile game mm-hmm. and it's like a series of dungeon crawler missions, which is really fun. And when they first released the game, they only had like 20 characters. But at this point, they have like 200 characters. And they're dropping new characters in with new skins. And those skins can have like certain power set attributes that you wouldn't typically have unless you like buy them Mm -hmm. with like in-game money or like real money. There's like a story mode and obviously a boss rush mode and like quests you can do. And it's really fun because I do feel like every character has been designed to play very differently. Mm-hmm. I really enjoy it. I, I've been collecting all the X-Men over time. Like, it reminds me a lot of, like, X-Men Legends and Ultimate Alliance. Oh, if it sure. was just yeah. shortened versions of the, the dungeon crawling components. Mm-hmm. And I There's I, parts I, of Midnight Suns that remind me of Ultimate Alliance, although I think... I mean, it's similar in the sense that it's like, oh, this there's a whole story happening here yeah. on top of the combat if you want to pay attention to that, you know? Right. I mean, like, that's kind of the situation with this, too. And you can read it. And I, I do feel like the writing isn't terrible for this, which is nice, because usually with mobile games, you don't yeah. get that. It's a game where you can play as Mr. Sinister in a dungeon crawler. I think that's pretty great. I think it's just baseline, like, Ultimate Alliance and taking concepts from that and putting it into a mobile game, which is really good. I'm I'm a weirdo. I like dungeon crawlers, which I realize are just, like, endless fighting through rooms and, like, really, like, nothing's happening. But I think... If you talk about a game that just like helps you turn your brain off, that's a good one for me is like dungeon crawling because I could just like run from room to room. <laughs> mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. this is they're much shorter. Like the missions are like three to four minutes long each. And, you know, it's it's not very long to play a mission. And there's just so many cool characters you can play as. I've got Emma Frost and Sinister, Iceman. I think I just got Kid Omega. Oh, fun. Yeah. Misty Knight's a character. Like there's a lot of obscure characters that you can play as, which I really enjoy a lot because uh, that's something you don't get to see happen and often so i don't Mm -hmm. know i recommend that game i know that there's like the revolution one i think is like an mmo you can play as magic in that game and she's like one of the main characters magic is like huge now i don't know when that happened but magic is now like one of the biggest characters in the marvel universe yeah i don't know when that happened either but i'm ready for the magic movie me too but yeah (laughs) it's good i definitely recommend that depending on what your your style is if you're looking for a marvel 
game here's how it goes okay so like i'm gonna before i stop talking okay so future fight is the dungeon crawler champions is like the mortal Kombat version of marvel marvel snaps obviously the deck building game revolutions like the mmo mm-hmm. midnight suns is the xcom one of course well that's the, i'm talking about mobile games specifically well, yeah. like they could just download to your phone there's another one that i forget that's like a turn-based one i forget what that one's called but then they even have like that world building one where you like it like i don't know what the fuck it's called like the farmville version of it where it's like oh. all of them as teenagers like there's another one that's like that so it's like a sim yeah a so like sim. at this point it's like you just got to pick and choose like what kind of style of game is your favorite and like that's what you got to download they don't have a racing game yet but who knows i mean disney's creating that disney racing game so that will be fun mm-hmm. but yeah i could see them making a marvel racing game that would be funny i don't know what they would drive yes. but it would be funny <laughs> i mean at least Ghost Rider would be on a motorcycle, and we could assume that. I yeah. think I think 90% of these characters would just be on motorcycles. It's just like a motorcycle game. I could see that. That would be really funny. Or like characters that don't need that. Like, you just play as Quicksilver running. <laughs> you play as Bobby, like, sliding around Elsa style. They would have to. Please, for the love of God, don't do what Sonic Riders did, where they're like... We're going to create multiple Sonic racing games where they get into like cards and hoverboards and they're fun. I'm like, all these characters could run and like fly around. Why are they in cars? It's like, I don't know. That new Sonic racing game was like, at least they had a plot where they're like, we're forcing you to do this race in cars. And they're like, but why? (laughs) That's really funny. I feel like that would need to be the beginning of every racing game with Sonic in it. He's just like, why are you putting me in a car? Yeah. Fucking sense. They had that one Sonic game that was like for the Sega Saturn that I love that was Sonic R and it was at the time it was like mind-blowing to me because it was the first 3D Sonic running game and he just ran except for Amy Rose he was like in a car so it was like a lot of fun I don't know they gotta go back to that all right I'm gonna pass this next email off to you Maddie okay have fun and there's a sound clip that has to go with this at the end okay cool uh so Robbie McLeod writes Dear Maddie and Ryan, I've been catching up on the Mutant Ages and watching along with Wolverine and the X-Men and enjoying it so much. I thought I'd write in just to share a fun fact that might be of interest. I speak Scottish Gaelic, an indigenous language of Scotland spoken by only around 100,000 people. Back in the early 2000s, we got a Gaelic language BBC channel. And guess what they broadcast on it? Dubbed into Scottish Gaelic? That's right, Wolverine and the X-Men. I've made a short list of some of the most interesting translation choices they made. Wolverine and the X-Men became, oh God, I can't pronounce this. I, well, he, I think he's, go, I think he's <laughs> going to, gonna try. I think he actually does it in the sound file later. So we can just. Okay. okay. Um, so the translation of what it became is the knifey fox and the heroes. I love that. I love that too. I am going to call Logan the <laughs> knifey fox going forward. <laughs> Gaelic doesn't have a word for a Wolverine, so I guess they thought fox with knives would suffice. And Gaelic also doesn't have the letter X, so the X-Men just became more generally the heroes. X-Man, literally, shifting slash changing man, man of changes. Though there is some precedent for muda meeting mutation. I don't know how to pronounce that word. I'm sorry. Okay. But specifically linguistic as opposed to genetic mutation. Interesting. Character names. Quite a lot of the characters stay the same, particularly their mutant names. That said, the men specifically get their day-to-day names changed to more traditional Gaelic ones. This makes sense for names such as Charles, which becomes Tirlach, which has historically been the Gaelic for Charles. Where things get weird is with some of the other names. Logan and Scott are already quite Scottish-sounding names, but Logan instead (laughs) becomes Cirrus, the Gaelic for George, and Scott becomes Lane, or Ian, Ian? 
I'm sorry. This email's so hard to read. I, I feel like Ryan is pranking me right now. I'm not. I swear to God, oh this time God. I'm not. The this Gaelic is not for me. John. Yeah. Um, Kurt similarly becomes Koinic. The Gaelic for Kenneth. Actually, that one kind of does make sense. Yeah. One of my favorite changes they made is translating Mr. Sinister. Oh, my God. <laughs> Rather than literally translating the two elements, they often said for calling Mr. Sinister, Auntralader, the polluter. I love the idea of the man obsessed with genetic perfection being called a polluter. Yeah, that's really interesting. I think that actually works, though. It does. It's very ominous, too. I was I was expecting uh, Robbie to say that they came up with a rhyme. <laughs> Still, because Mr. and Sinister, we we ran into this with um, Dr. Devious, which is our parody of Mr. Sinister in the D-Man franchise, where you just went... The franchise? I'm sorry. It's a franchise. What are you talking about? It's a franchise. Uh, Anyway... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> anyway, it's really it's really hard because Mr. and Sinister rhyme and it, there's no other thing that sounds that good. Anyway, continuing Robbie's email. Sadly, the Gaelic dub was never released on DVD. If it exists anywhere now, it is deep in the recesses of the BBC archives. That said, I have my fingers crossed when X-Men 97 comes out, they'll dub it. Not only would I love to watch it selfishly, it is the best chance I have of getting to voice an X-Man. Oh my oh, God, Robbie, that if that amazing. happens, you, oh my God, we would need to interview you about the process if you did it. Okay, sorry. Continuing Robbie's email. Please find attached recordings of the pronunciations. Oh my God, thanks, Robbie. Apologies for the delay. I was finishing off my PhD thesis. The mutant ages helped me get through the long slog of proofreading. Ah, fun other X-Men Scottish Gaelic fact. Gaelic appears in New Mutants number 47, My Heart for the Highlands, where they end up back in time meeting Scottish King Robert the Bruce, who speaks to them in Gaelic. Doug Ramsey identifies the language, but says he would have to hear more to be able to translate it. Robert the Bruce kindly switches to English to talk to the New Mutants. To cut a long story short, the New Mutants inspire Robert to keep fighting the English, and he in turn inspires them to keep fighting Magus. They part, but not before Robert gives Wolfsbane a necklace, and she gives him her X-branded belt, image attached. Oh, well, I guess and I then have it there. <laughs> he signs it in Gaelic, which I can't read, and says, you're sincerely Ravi, Ravi McLeod. Okay, so Robbie sent us this sound file which i'm going to include here and ryan and i are gonna to listen to it with you x-men in scottish gaelic so wolverine and the x-men became i love this it's beautiful right the knifey fox and the heroes x-man as in singular x-men becomes fermuhi literally a shifting or changing man a man of changes charles becomes charloch which makes sense. That is the Gaelic for Charles. This is great. You can compare directly with how shitty my pronunciations were. <laughs> but Logan becomes Shoris, the Gaelic for George, and Scott becomes Ian, the Gaelic for John. Uh-huh. Kurt becomes Cunyoch, the Gaelic for Kenneth, and Mr. Sinister becomes Antruelitter, the Punisher. Oh, that sounds so I ominous. Love Antruelitter. It's like <laughs> fucking epic Robbie. Okay. It makes me sad to think about the English imperialists stomping it out. Like, long live Gaelic is my opinion of all of this. It's great. I agree. I love the sound of all this. I would have enjoyed the show more if it had all been in Gaelic. Because I, well, first of all, I wouldn't have understood the plot, so that would have been an upside. Um. Well, I also also have to say, I'm going to go, I'm going to go out here and say this, but that accent, your voice, yeah, sexy. That is hot. We are Americans and we love an accent. What can we say? Robbie, we are rooting for you to voice 
a character of your choosing. Please. I'm rooting for Beast for you because you got a PhD, but you know, whoever you want to voice, love it for you. Or if you don't like Beast, whatever. Like whoever yeah, you want to voice, that would whoever be amazing. You want to voice, voice Emma Frost? Do it. Go for it. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of hear this like Mr. Sinister <laughs> voice coming out of him. That oh would be my amazing. Goodness. <laughs> okay, Robbie, we'll stop awkwardly hitting on you now, I guess. Um, thank you for writing it. Oh my God. Yeah, thank you. That was amazing. <laughs> yeah, that uh, was like. That was like Chef's Kiss Beautiful. Okay, but for real, that was a really impressive email. I, I hope people know they can still write in, even if they're not sending in like a special sound file with all the pronunciations. <laughs> but that was really like next level in terms of writing into the mutant ages. I'm it very was beautiful. Very impressed. I loved that every second of it. Uh, okay, next message comes from Anthony, who writes, Hello, Mutant Ages. With Alan Moore back in the news, how much is Watchmen's critique relevant to the X-Men? What mm. does Wolverine and the X-Men subvert or confirm about the whole superheroes are too simplistic Alan Moore rant? Anyway, hope I don't sound too much like guy who has only seen Watchmen and compares everything <laughs> to Watchmen. Thanks for the awesome podcast, Anthony. I, okay, I've only read the original Watchmen book and Which seen is the, great. the movie. I don't know your opinion of it. I'm just going ahead and saying I think it's really good. The original Watchmen. Yeah. No, I liked it too. I mean, like, I have to. I get, love it. It's been a really long time since I've read it. it I reread I, it recently because I, I reread it before the TV show came out, the recent TV show. I reread the book and I was like, holy shit, this holds up. Like, holy I, shit, it's I good. I really want to reread it because I you haven't should. read it since I was you would love in it. college. You would love it. <laughs> It. You would love it because I loved it because I reread it and I was just like, I was expecting it to be really annoying. <laughs> no offense to Alan Moore, but I was expecting it to be really annoying. And then I reread it and I was like, you know what? He has a right to be as grumpy as he wants about superheroes because he made the most incendiary satire of superheroes and cops ever. And everyone else has just been trying to imitate it since then. Like the boys, the new Watchmen TV show. They're they're good. I enjoy those things. But the original, it's pretty fucking good. It's pretty damn perfect. You know what I mean? Like it says it all and then it and then it's done. I agree. I, I think it's really good. I it's it's really simple. I think it was the first one, like a singular comic book story to really go down that route of anti-cop. Yep. But X-Men has been doing it longer than they have. I Absolutely. will say that. In a very different way. And I think right. I mean, I don't even remember which Alan Moore rant this listener's referring to because Alan Moore is constantly ranting about this. And you know what? Every time he does, I'm always like, <laughs> the guy's kind of right. You know, like he comes yeah. out and he's like, guys, superheroes are just cops. And like we all have to admit that's true. However, X-Men have never been cops. They've never been cops. And I think even Alan Moore would have to cop to that and be like, you know what? That's true. And I don't know how he feels about the X-Men. I don't know if he's ever talked about that. I'd be curious to know. I feel like Alan Moore would line up with the X-Men viewers. I think this is just something would. that is... <laughs> I would love to read an X-Men comic by Alan Moore who will absolutely Written by Alan Moore, that. but it would be like so intense. It would just be like... It would be so bloody. It would be like lynchings of mutants happening constantly. It and would like, probably be like very close to that very short-lived uh, District X comic book series with Sage and uh, Bishop dealing with like, yeah. all the mutants that were... We've talked about that on this show before. Yeah, post um, the turns yes you know what is it the no more mutants yep so house of m all that shit so i think i think that's worth checking out too but that's probably the closest you could get in terms of x-men comics but it already lines up in terms of like what the allegory is what saying. the politics are yeah i mean i think i think it's interesting and i i actually 
I know people get annoyed by Alan Moore, but I generally find him pretty interesting. So that's my take on Alan Moore. I, I think people should stop bothering him. I mean, I'll take that over Frank Miller, who just oh like writes all this sad bullshit into his stories. Okay, and it's like, Frank Miller has needs emotional problems. <laughs> like, that's sad to talk about. Alan Moore is just a guy who's grumpy and is like, stop asking me about superheroes. I don't like them, which is like really funny <laughs> because people keep asking him about them and being like, really? You don't think superheroes are like fun and cool? And he keeps being like, no, I don't. <laughs> and it's like funny that people keep torturing him by asking him that. And he's like, I made a very famous comic about how I don't think Think that Superman is a cool guy. Stop asking me about this. <laughs> I said what I said. It's just hilarious, honestly. This is why I like the Titans more in terms of DC comics, but whatever. <laughs> I know. I know. I well, I'm just not enough of a DC person to like have a real statement to make about this beyond what I just said. Well, but they wasn't DC initially. So I mean well, there's I that. know, but I, I do know that Alan Moore has written some other DC comics and stuff. Yeah. Okay. Let's uh both listen to a voicemail. Let's. I just noticed that your message says books. What books are you going to review that are X-Men? Is it? <laughs> I don't even know. All right. So I'm watching um, Hulk versus Wolverine. I haven't listened to your episode yet, so I don't know. Is this Elena? Says, but every I don't time know. Wolverine says toxic, I just hear. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I just hear the Britney Spears song. It sounded beautiful. <laughs> I wish. I wish this was like the early 2000s and someone would make an AMV with uh, Wolverine X. Oh my God. Toxic from Britney Spears. But with the, with the Maddie cover. <laughs> yeah, the cover that I've never publicly released <laughs> and think, only played I think live. It did very well. Anyway. See you next time. See you next time. I think that was Elena. I have See you next time. Might be Elena. But maybe it's not. Uh, maybe. This person did not introduce themselves, so we never will know who they are. <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> they actually did have a question in there which is about what books. books. So Ryan bought me a novelization of, okay, I shouldn't say it's a novelization. That makes it sound like it is based on something. I think it's just a standalone book. There's a lot of standalone X-Men books. Which is Star Trek versus the X-Men. It is a book. And we do not need to read that. Not the comic book, because that's no, also no, something no, 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 no. It's not a comic book. It is a book. I would love to do, like, a book club. It has been sitting on my shelf, and periodically I look at it, and I'm like, I want to read that. Oh, yeah, same. Because that is going to be insane. Same. There's a lot of good shit. Like, there's, um, I have read this one, but there was the X-Men Smokes and Mirrors book, which yes. involves Mr. Sinister. It was, like, an insane story to read, where he, like took like Roe, Gambit, Scott, Gene, and Logan or something and Storm, I think, and made them swap bodies. But like, it was like written insanely because it would be like, <laughs> the quote would be like, I don't even know because like they'd have to write who was saying the line through which character's body. It was crazy. That sounds so stupid and great. Okay, also, let me just say, we have read a book on the YouTube channel, which is the Sabretooth and Wolverine children's book. We read that. Yeah. Just saying. We did that. Yeah, we do do that. So we have read books. Yes. I also wanted to, I would love to do the uh, X-Men 3 novelization at some oh. point. That was written by Chris Claremont based on some earlier version of the script that See, didn't happen. See, I think happen. that would be fun because 
I mean, didn't we say that about Days of Future Past as well, that there's a novelization that helps explain? Because the novelizations are always oh, written before there? the movie comes out. I, I think we were talking about the Super Mario Brothers movie, which I have not <laughs> read that novelization. Okay, yeah, that might be but that thing. is something that people have said is that the novelization explains more about what was supposed to happen in that fucking movie. So, Well, like... I think that would be true of any of them, although I think X-Men and X2 hewed pretty closely to the scripts. But the thing that happens with novelizations, and I don't even know if you knew this, uh, but maybe we talked about it on the Mario Patreon episode, so I'll just explain it for the listener. Those novelizations are written before the movie comes out based on the script, not the movie, because the movie is not made available to that author who's writing that novelization. They simply right. read the script, and they usually also know the cast list, so they can have a sense of how those characters are going to be performed, but they haven't seen the movie. So right. any other changes that happen to the script after it's passed off to that novelist... Which is fascinating. They don't know. It is fascinating, and it's part of why novelizations can end up including more information or different information than you would think. And it's why they can actually be really fascinating to read. So I do think it would be really fun to read some movie novelizations. I'm not actually sure if there is one for Days of Future Past, but I do think that would be really fun to read for what it's worth. So maybe maybe we'll do that in the future. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff we would like to do. So like that is part of a long term plan. Yeah, because we're trying to do this show forever until we literally yeah, die until the end of time. Yep. Well, it's like how we've been obsessing with the X-Men since the beginning of time to the end of time. That's right. We've got a few more to go. This is probably our last lengthy one. Uh, but this one's from Kurt. I guess I want to preface it by saying this email is really sad. It's about the Guardian Angel episode with Warren and like a personal experience that Kurt had um, with their own parents. So if you don't want to listen to that. Just just skip ahead a little bit. Totally understand. But I want to read it because I think Kurt's story is important and I really appreciate yeah. this email. So Kurt writes, hello, it's Kurt again. So I have a lot of feelings about this specific episode that I wanted to share, as well as an incident that reminds me of this episode. Let me first say I'm trans, FTM to be specific. I started swim when I was in sixth grade and I love it. And to this day, I still competitively swim. I'm not on hormones, I don't have a binder anymore or top surgery, and part of this is because my school doesn't allow kids to be on testosterone and in sports, as is considered an unfair advantage. My swim team, however, is endlessly supportive, especially my coach, who I have recommended your podcast. If you're listening to this, hi, Matt. <laughs> my dad has never been super supportive of me, despite his performative activism for his job, where he actually won a diversity and inclusion award. Ironic. Anyway, into the incident trigger warning transphobia. Honestly, it's hard to believe it happened a year ago now. Two years ago, I received a binder from not exactly a friend, but not someone I dislike either. They have mental health issues and struggled to do homework. So in return for the binder, I did their math homework for them. I went through most of the swim season with my binder. I would wear it once I had relaxed after practice and or during school. But eventually things got too good to be true. I went down to the school trainer and his assistant helped me with some shoulder pain. I explained my binder to her and asked for some stretches as I heard those were good to help your ribs from hurting and were just in general helpful. She gave me some and I went home. This is where things start to get bad. My dad saw the report and asked what it was. I explained that I had shoulder pain and went down there for that. Then I went to bed. When I woke up the next morning, my dad started screaming and yelling at me about how dare I do something like that and harm myself. He screamed that it was so dumb that I was upset that I was born a girl. He yelled at me so much, and I tell you, I had never cried harder. He made me do chores and screamed about me not doing them fast enough or a good enough job. He told me about how my grandma, the one I trusted the most, had told him about the binder. 
It turns out the assistant wrote her entire report around my binder and called it a self-harm device. My dad eventually had to take me to practice. I sat in the back of the car to get a little further away from him. I ended up having practice, and even though I never told anyone exactly what happened, my teammates knew something was wrong and were there for me. My coach, who I see as a father figure, even gave me a hug, which I desperately needed. When I got home, I found pieces of the binder that had been cut up on my bed. Honestly, I don't really read what happens from there. Only when I was told to eat, I said I wasn't hungry and my mom yelled at me too. I love and hate Guardian Angel for this. I find it relatable and that hurt, but I love watching my dad's expression twitch every time we watch it. And I tell him that I can't sympathize with Warren's dad at all. I love seeing him flash that day too. The cut binder like broken wings. I love your guys' take on it because it's what made me realize my situation was represented, and that means the world to me. Thank you so much for reading and for having to read this huge, long, emotional email. This is a great email. I mean, a sad email, but... Thank you for sending this in. Okay, first of all, we have teens who listen to the show. (laughs) I was just holy moly, we have a high schooler listening. Kurt... We're worried about you and we hope you're okay and that things yeah. have gotten better since you sent this email. I don't know what that looks like for you, but I do know that binders, there's a lot of different kinds. Some of them are better than other ones. I know that they're not always well-made and that they can be painful. So, I mean, I think you did the right thing going to get the school trainer's help, even though it ended up biting you in the butt. It's also possible that like, because you, you know, you're in high school that you're only getting access to sort of the like, you're the, still growing yeah, that, too. You're getting like access to like low budget binders, which is entirely possible. Yeah. That's how I remember the cosplay world working. That's also true. And it's also like, who even knows if the school trainer was like good at their job? I mean, I, whatever. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I mean, that's a fair point. I don't I don't know your plans in life, Kurt, but I'm sure, you know, you will have a pathway to move out of your parents' house at some point. You will hopefully be able to get access to the healthcare that you want. I don't know if you want top surgery, you refer to it here, or testosterone. But if those are the things that you want, I very much hope you can eventually get them. And really loved reading this email from you. Also kind of love that you make your dad watch Guardian Angel multiple times. That's pretty badass. <laughs> I think that's fucking crazy cool, cool right? Very like, cool. Definitely the kind we of thing we did. As, I, we, I don't know. I was a very bratty kid, but I don't think I was aware enough of who I was. Uh, listen, I was a punk too, but I never like made my parents yeah. do something that pissed me off. Like, I don't know. I think that's pretty badass. I mean, I'll say this. I really wasn't talking to my parents about any of this stuff when I was a kid. I just didn't feel comfortable doing that but you're dealing with a really difficult physical thing and i don't know we're thinking of you and i i have thought of this email a lot since we got it like no live like thought about you and i'm sending you good vibes kurt yes that's all yeah i mean it's it's also crazy to think that this show really managed to write the show that we didn't like wolverine the x-men did manage to write an episode (laughs) that was like this was our favorite episode of that show yeah that's what i'm saying but it managed to write an episode that could reach people of, like anybody who is in some sort of marginalized class and like really re- speak to the queer and trans community like it did. And yeah, I think that's a powerful sentiment to the writers of that show. It is. Um, and I, I really appreciate you sharing the story, Kurt, because when I first read it, I would send it to Maddie. I was like, um, this is really sad. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I'm also very angry for you. Yeah. And I yeah. feel like that is a well-deserved anger. So it is. It is. And I, I really hope also that your parents will realize that you're their son and that they need to support you and help you with what you need. Be that a more expensive binder in the interim, whatever else you're interested in. I also highly, 
highly, highly, highly recommend joining the Mutant Ages Discord because we do have multiple channels for helping each other navigate through these things. And we have lots of trans listeners who are in there who might even be able to recommend a better binder to you. Just saying. Absolutely. (laughs) And I know that Maddie's sister Mink is an active part of the Discord channels and she's always got some great recommendations for, I mean, I don't know about binders, but she does have some great resources. She's a former librarian. Yeah. She's very into research. She also is the person who made the spreadsheet that says what the skip list is for all of our episodes. <laughs> she's She's got that librarian brain. Yeah, Kurt, I would recommend joining the Discord. Get some tips. Get some get some emotional support because I'm pretty proud of our Discord and, and what it's become when it comes to that. Yeah, me too. Me too. Thank you for writing in. That was a really, really great email. I mean, like, it I mean, was. sad email, but... It's sad, but it's also pretty important to me like every time I think about guardian angel I literally think about Kurt's email and I also just think about it anyway and I'm just like damn you know these are the stories that we grew up with that really helped us like legit it's corny to say but like the X-Men helped us. <laughs> they no, helped I agree. I, I mean, why are we doing a podcast about and it? And <laughs> that I think is, it's important. And I'm glad that it's out there for somebody else to watch and enjoy in a similar way. I and agree. even if it also makes you sad, it's still like important in that way, you know? Yeah. Um. All right. Should we get away from the sadness for a second? Let's talk about X-Men butts again. <laughs> okay, well, we'll talk about Beast. Uh, we do have a question from Bob Oteet who writes in, what shampoo does Beast use? Whatever it oh is, he's got to use a lot of it. Wow. I don't even know. Okay. It's Beast, so he probably doesn't use the proper stuff. Okay, so Beast probably makes his own shampoo, first of all. Yeah. Right? That makes more sense than what I was going to say, where I think he pulls a Logan and just... Well, Logan just doesn't shower, and I think Beast is like, <laughs> Pert Plus? Sure. And we're like, yeah. Beast, no. Okay. I feel like young Beast would be using Pert Plus. Absolutely. But then I think as he gets older, he would become one of those people who's like, I'm going to mix my own shampoo using apple cider vinegar and water and like all these other things. He would be that person. I could see that. And honestly, he probably started doing that after Emma Frost started working for the x She's like, Beast, darling, do I have to take you to a group or are you going to take care of yourself? Like, <laughs> yeah, I feel like Beast, the after shower routine would be the really tough part, you know, like styling. Does he blow dry? Does he blow dry? Does he do wax? First of all, Beast has built one of those machines they have in the theme parks now when you come off a water ride and you step inside it and it blows hot air at you and dries you off. Like oh he's built God. that in his bedroom. I love that. <laughs> he absolutely has built that. I feel like Beast has the most high-tech hygiene supplies of all time. And like showering, quote unquote, is just like him stepping into a series of like Rube Goldberg machines that like does it all for him somehow. How long is his hair actually? Or these are answers we don't have the answer to. Is it just like a thin layer of hair over his skin? Or is it like a long tangled mass? I don't think it's super long. I think it's long like a golden retriever length and it only grows to that certain right. length. You like, know? Is it like dog hair or like cat hair? Because those both operate yes, very differently. Where cats they have do. To call, clear themselves. But dog hair can be dirty for a long time before it actually needs to be dealt with. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like Because it... Mm-hmm. It's about masking their scent or whatever. Like, it, I don't know. I kind of like the dog smell a little bit until it starts smelling like actual gross shit. And I'm like, okay, now you need a bath. Yeah. But like, you know what I mean? I do know what you mean. And it's a good point about cat hair versus dog hair. Personally, I've always seen him as more dog hair in terms of texture. Just as my personal imagination of what I think Beast feels like. is like a, a nice, you know, fluffy dog. Not like a poorly kept one. Right. But not a cat because cats are... I don't know. I just didn't. It's a much thinner, finer hair texture. And I just always see Beast as more of like a golden retriever kind of a texture. 
This is so important. I'm glad we're getting into this. Oh my god! I think I think we've answered what we're going to answer here. Okay, great, great stuff. Uh, There's also a follow up to this question from him where he says, "Who among the X Men can lift Moil? How do you pronounce fucking Thor's hammer? Mjolnir. Mjolnir. Thank you. I just do. I like go the Darcy route and just call it Mew Mew. Uh, Other than Storm." (laughs) We already know she is worthy, and other than Magneto, it's established that his powers work on Uru Metal. Mm. Um, Kurt mm. is oh, the first I one I go to. I could see that. I could Kurt, see Kurt, Kurt being is able worthy. to lift it. Hmm. I'm not sure who else besides Kurt. Maybe Colossus. Um. Yeah, I guess Colossus would be a good example. I would really like there to be a twisted events where it's like Emma Frost just picks it up and like, oh damn. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I kind of feel like... I, I feel like everyone else I can think of is, like, got a, has a dark side, you know? Okay, you know what? I would love a whole episode about Rogue going back and forth being like, I can't pick that shit up, but then she does because she turns out that Rogue is worthy even though she hates herself. Oh, Rogue. Do you know what I'm saying? I do I know like what you're is, saying. Because Rogue, I do think, is worthy. I mean, she's been forced to do some pretty shitty stuff, but, like, I think Rogue is... Ver- Rogue and Kurt really kind of get it. Mm-hmm. They get what they're fighting for and who they're fighting for you know what i mean like i just i feel like she would be worthy yeah no i'm with you although i do love that like that this question opens up with like you can't pick storm because we already know that she's like the first (laughs) one that can walk over and pick it up (laughs) has that ever been established canonically like the way that this person's writing it it's as though it has been or they're like we already know storm can pick it up i don't know are we just all assuming that i mean i agree I, so I have no I'm idea. I think we're just it. I think we're still we're all assuming that she could do that. Great. <laughs> totally agree. Of course she can. Email from Drake. This is a great one for Batty. Uh that says, I've been thinking about AI for the past few years, especially in House of X and Powers mm. of X in 2019. In X-Men, I read AI as a metaphor for fascism, an inevitable and unstoppable force that devours civilizations. Since my reading comes from my personal experience and politics, I was wondering if either of you or the other listeners have a different reading. To clarify, I don't think the fight against fascism is futile but it can seem that way the hope that it can be kept in remission indefinitely i wonder if that's like exactly what they're going for honestly with x-men in like nimrod's shit it mm-hmm. could very much just be that i think it's similar i don't know maddie you're the robot expert <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because i thought this this question was going to take a left turn and be like what do you think about ai art and like ai chatbots and i was like oh my god now we got to get into like real world <laughs> politics and like whether these these ai are going to be replacing our jobs there's no ai podcasters yet um anyway all that to say i think that's actually a really interesting parallel i hadn't really thought about it in that way before because i always just saw it as exactly what it's presented as in the comics in the sense that the rise of automation is a thing that people fear in our real world where people worry about automated jobs and factory workers and stuff being replaced by robots uh, and machines. And that's already like a fear that people have. So I I feel like that being the next frontier of the future is very logical. It's a very common sci-fi story. But it is also true that this idea of this cold automated process is very similar to the way that fascism usually operates, which is like very systematized, dehumanizing, you know, the trains run on time, but people are being murdered in order for that to happen, that kind of thing. (laughs) So yeah, I think that's an interesting parallel. I I don't know if I agree that AI is always inherently fascist. I don't know that that's what Drake is necessarily suggesting. I just don't think that it has to be, and it depends on what systems you design it around. And I think it's sad that robots are so often envisioned as like these evil overlords as opposed to 
friends. <laughs> I think it depends on the robot you're looking at. Well, of course. But you know what I'm saying? Like, in, in, in X-Men comics, of course, there's we're always worrying about the Sentinels. Are we talking about the, like, the robot dogs that are being built right now versus, like, the thing with googly eyes at the grocery store? Yeah, I don't know about the grocery store one, but there's some, like, very cute robot dogs that, like, are in old folks' homes and stuff and actually do help people feel less lonely. That's and there's cool. also, like, a lot of really awesome assistive technology that helps disabled people. And... I don't see how you could ever be opposed to that. I don't think anybody who listens to this show is. But uh, in terms of just the allegory of how Nimrod works, I do think fascism is a good, it's a good parallel. That makes a lot of sense to me. I'm going to read it a little differently now because of this email. Thanks, Drake. Yeah, I, me too. I don't have anything to add. I figured Batty was like the robot expert. So yeah, I love robots. I just, I love thinking about robots and watching stuff with robots <laughs> in it. I think it's yeah. really fun. I was like, I'll leave this one for Batty. She'll take care of it. <laughs> uh, we have two more questions. So we're going to okay, pass great. through them. Uh, just another fun one from Brock. He, uh, he writes, which characters Marvel or just me would have the best podcast and who would have a badly produced or just generally bad pod? <laughs> uh, well, Jubilee would have the best one. I was about to say that. Jubilee would have the best one. Absolutely. I don't even know what it would be about. Video games, probably? Probably video games. Probably video games and like emerging technology and like online trends and would stuff. Would she have a co-host? Like, I don't even know who that would I be. I think she would occasionally bring on guests maybe boom no boom, boom i want, would be I want, there wait no i want this <laughs> i want this video game podcast about jubilee and boom boom they are co-hosts but boom boom is just not contributing anything helpful she's busy being like yeah that guy was hot anyway fuck this guy the other day and jubilee's like dude what <laughs> like i'm trying to like discuss the game awards right now <laughs> like, yeah i feel like it would be really funny if beast had a poorly produced podcast I just, I don't think he would. No, I don't think he would have a poorly produced podcast. I think it would just be boring. It would just be like, <laughs> this week on science. It would be like perfectly recorded and produced, but unlistenable. No, 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 Maddie, I'm, I'm trying to cut you off because this is important. This is where Forge Beast finally need to get high and have their <gasps> science podcast. Oh my God. <laughs> also unlistenable. Completely unlistenable. I don't know. I think, I think in that case, I would want to listen to it. I think it would be amazing. But it would be so boring. I feel like they would think that every single episode was like the deepest shit in the world. <laughs> and they would be like, Sage, you gotta check it out. We really figured out some crazy shit. And Sage is just like, I can't listen to that show. <laughs> Like this week we got we have a guest on the show with Sage and Sage is like Jesus Christ Sage is like I keep telling you guys I'm just here trying to work I'm not a guest on the podcast you guys are just high and I'm trying to like write code over here well to be fair Sage is drunk a lot so she might be drunk okay Emma Frost would have a podcast she needs somebody to match her like maybe like her like North Star being like really, really bitchy yes. Oh my yeah, god. I think that would be fun. I love that. I think it would just be them insulting people the whole time and I would listen to the shit out of that. Like it would be so funny. I think it would be funny if Xavier had a really shitty podcast also. If he was constantly like talking about politics and he's constantly like sending a link to Magneto on email being like hey, listen, can to, you my listen show. to my show. <laughs> Magneto's like I'm not fucking listening to this. 
<laughs> it's actually really funny to imagine any of the X-Men having a podcast, honestly. This is a very funny question to me. I, I would love the Brotherhood from the Ev- X-Men Evolution to have their own podcast yes. on, like, Anarchy and, like, Teenage. Wanda would be trying to host it. Pietro would keep zipping in and interrupting. No, Wanda wouldn't even want to be there. Wanda would just be like, why am I here? Would like, it be, like, the the Fred and Toad show? And then, no, like... No, it would be, like, all five of them. And it's, like, Pietro being like, okay, welcome to this week on The Brotherhood. We're going to tell you about how we're going to fight against fucking society. And it's like, <laughs> I'm here with Fred, Toad, Wanda, and Lance. And, like, they're, like, all in the living room being like, why are we doing this? And, like, Toad's like, oh, I'm the star of the show. And, like, <laughs> Pietro's like, okay, whatever. And, like, I can imagine Fred getting really angry about shit on there and being like, mm-hmm. this shit pisses me off. They'll constantly try and get Wanda involved. And Wanda's like, dude, shut up. I don't fucking care. That being said, back in the day of X-Men Evolution, I was doing all those recordings pretending I was doing Kurt Wagner's radio show with Kurt and Kitty. And I think that would be the most amazing show ever. I don't even know what it would be about. Kurt and Kitty just being biffles and like talking about bullshit sounds perfect in every way it does especially if it's x-men evolution versions of them i can't really see the current comics versions of them hosting a show like that but the kid versions absolutely right or also like rogue and gambit doing like a rom-com show together i don't even oh my god doing like relationship (laughs) advice talk about a fucking nightmare like the two of them (laughs) taking calls for like marriage advice and just screaming at each other the entire time gambit constantly trying to stop the show and get laid and rogue being like oh my god <laughs> no gambit's like flirting with the people calling in and rogue's like how dare you yeah totally over it belladonna calls in and like that becomes a whole episode belladonna keeps prank calling them and being like i got so much history i could share about somebody on this podcast but i won't <laughs> Oh my god, love this concept. All right, we're gonna stop. This could go on forever. I'm gonna send the last question over to you. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> so this email is from someone who goes by Dilf Appreciator. <laughs> I love it. Dilf Appreciator writes, Hi, Maddie and Ryan. I first wanted to thank you for such an amazing show. I started listening at the start of my summer break and you guys had me at, this show should be called Wolverine and Beast Fuck in the Hindsight Part 1 episode. As someone who didn't know much about the comics and I just thought these guys look cute together at the time. Now, I'm sucked into the comics and a huge X-Men fan because of this show. Wow. Thank you both so much for being the butterfly wing flap that made me go down the rabbit hole where I realized that Beast really needs to smoke some weed and get a boyfriend in order to chill the fuck out. My question is a bit of a strange one. I think a lot of the characters look so much cooler with beards, like 87% of the time. For example, Mr. Fantastic or Namor in the new Wakanda Forever movie. Mm. Which X-Men characters do you think should grow a rockin' beard? (laughs) Thanks so much for the show and for reading my email. Um, okay. Um, I gotta go ahead and say that beards are like a huge turn on for me. I mean, it is part of the reason why I think Logan is hot. He's just like this hairy, fuzzy man. Like, mm. and also Kurt does have a beard right now in the comics, and it's he it does surprisingly looks very good. Mr. Sinister has a beard and always has had his little weird, evil devil beard. I feel like a lot of them have had beards. I don't know if I would like Warren with the beard. I feel like he has to be too clean cut for that shit. Yeah, it's actually kind of hard to picture Warren with a beard. Bobby's had a beard before, right? Like sad no. depressed bobby or no he's never had one no 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 no. he hasn't wow he, he had a long long beard when it was like future old man bobby fucking dakin but like now i think about it like a cute gay boy bobby 
I think he could rock it. Yeah, I mean, I, I could see it. I feel like him and Warren are both like the clean shaven gay boys. So it's harder to picture them with a real beard and like actually having that as the look. But I think that's part of the challenge, right? Yeah, it is part of the challenge. I mean, obviously, Logan with a beard, obviously, 10 out of 10. He's already fucking perfect. already has it, basically. I really, let's be real. Yeah. <laughs> this is really sad, but I'm like, I'm trying to think of men of the X-Men and I just keep them thinking of women because there's more women in the X-Men well, than there are okay. men. Well, so, okay. Has like, Scott, Scott's had like his five o'clock shadow where he's like depressed. Yeah. I think he can rock it. It's It looks cute when he has that. I could see him with a beard. That would be like a really different look for Scott, but... Why not? I actually think Havoc could rock it if Havoc was doing like the surfer beard. Definitely. Havoc would look great. He would look great. Xavier would look terrifying. Xavier would look like fucking Lex Luthor on Titan season four, where it's like a bald guy with a beard. Yeah, I don't want Xavier to have a beard. That's a no from me. Um, Magneto, he's had them before. Right. But I feel like the cut of his helmet is such that a beard just doesn't really look as good with it. He needs that square jaw to be on display. I don't know. I'm just trying to think of other male characters now. Beast obviously already has a beard at all times because everything's hairy. Yeah. I bet you could also argue that about Kurt. Although with Kurt, I don't really understand what his deal is because both of the time yeah, How Kurt- is he growing a beard? Doesn't he already have fur all over his face? But that's th- I, you know what? I think it, the amount of fur that... Kurt allegedly has on him is open to interpretation because they've always just drawn him as blue and sometimes when they draw fur on him it just looks like regular hair that's blue I know it doesn't make any sense like I know he's from Germany but I think he's just got like an Italian body where he's just super hairy but he's also blue that's kind of like what I'm getting from this (laughs) yeah cable cable with a beard would be great is great Gambit with a beard. Gambit does have a little goatee. They most of them have beards are like little like unshaven things. So I feel like this is kind of challenging. Well, I'm picturing like they have a full beard. You know, like what what does that look like on them? Also, does it like fit their personality to have a beard or like what's going on with them? So mm-hmm. I don't know. I I feel I feel like I keep on running to this issue where I keep on thinking of like ladies of the X Men, and I'm like, there are so many women that there's like significantly more women than there are men for me to even like fully go into thought about this right and the equivalent for me is like which of these women should get an undercut a side cut or a mohawk and the answer is all of them okay so if (laughs) quentin choir grew a beer would he dye that pink too yes of course he would that's not even a question (laughs) also i think his hair is just naturally pink oh by the same token of him designing his body as it is maybe it is maybe that's part of his mutation yeah i think it's pink and colossus i think would look great with that with a beard and i think colossus has had a beard before yeah he has i think most of them do have have gone in and out of having beards at some point yeah and colossus i mean he's a big swarthy russian of course he would look good with a beard of course he would um yeah so, so that that's wraps that. up this week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it doesn't oh. wrap it up. We've got one more very long, interesting section of the show to get to. You know, I tried to, like, make this shorter. I really did. <laughs> and I'm Hi. talking about my writing. I'm talking about, like, the show today. <laughs> okay, it's fine. We got plenty of time. We got plenty <sighs> of time for The Mutant Ages, the comic book. It's been a while. Got it. So this week on the Mutant Ages, the comic book is going to be an interesting one. 
Uh, Do I want to know why? <laughs> I'm just gonna let you. I'm just gonna let us read it. Okay. But like, this was this is me deciding to lean into a different genre that I also know how to write. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So we'll just jump on in for anybody that's new here uh, and you have not listened to our just the comic book. It's the end portion of our listener mail where we have inserted ourselves and our entire cast of the, uh, the mutant ages into the X-Men universe. And basically what's been going on with us is that, that we've been hired in by Emma Frost and Sage to go around time and fix plot holes that we keep on encountering within the movies or with the TV shows, whatever we happen to be encountering here on this show here. And we're fixing those plot lines. And recently at the end of our season one, because we had like an actual season, Xavier was revealed to be the bad guy that has been putting, creating these plot holes. And Emma has been separated from us. And Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse is also working on trying to fix these plot holes. So we're kind of like trying to work with them whether or not it goes really well we don't really know where apocalypse is but we all have superpowers maddie has the the ability to turn her own music into blasts of energy dazzler style but like she has to create herself uh i can control things with my eyes like a camera so it can like freeze time for five seconds with a pause button or rewind time or fast forward it's not really helpful (laughs) i'm mostly taking blurry pictures of people's faces katie has this ability to talk to inanimate objects and she can also possess them but if she possesses one she has to take a nap for a really long time todd has the power to write things down and throw it into the world and it becomes reality and originally it was just temporary but we're finding out that he's evolving and his stuff sticks but you know in classic game gear fashion he needs a certain amount of spinning x's to collect Mm -hmm. before he can actually use them and then Righty has been recently introduced into this and his abilities to go online in which he can just go into the internet and just be there. Like he can just hop into a YouTube video or whatever and change the outcome. Right. And then occasionally our artist, Maddie, the other Maddie pops in and she has the ability to splatter ink on people. So like we basically have a bunch of useless powers except for baby Todd and Maddie right now. Mm-hmm. Although mine isn't that useful. I don't think my, my beams are powerful enough to actually destroy anything. So it's really just that Todd is the Omega level mutant and the rest of us are just like toddling along. Which we talked about because Xavier yes. screamed something like that at the end of Mutant Vision and Todd was like, the fuck? And so, uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. So previously on Mutant Ages, the comic, Magneto was forcibly capturing mutants across all time universes, forcing them to battle to the death or close to it because nobody truly dies in comic books. The winners being transported up by floating orbs to his base on maybe Asteroid M. This is a X-Men Evolution reference if you're not familiar with the end of season one. Logan did the best at what he does, and what he does is being kidnapped like a Disney princess. The Mutant Ages team are joined by their longtime friend, Righty, but for the sake of telling this story, we are separating him from the regular Ryan and calling him Truman. Up in the sky or space, we're not really sure. The Mutant Ages were transported by Katie, who possessed an orb to Magneto's asteroid thing. Now Katie sleeps soundly as Maddie Todd Cloakie. Oh, right, Cloakie's a character. <laughs> yeah, you know, Cloakie. The talking cloak. The cloak. Mystique's talking cloak friend cloaky from the land of cloakies and the trustworthy and extremely beautiful mr sinister investigated the truth behind the asteroid but perhaps too late as logan has been locked inside his favorite place in parentheses a tube <laughs> and both rhymes have been transformed by magneto's new machine to make them lose their memories as one does in the mutant ages and go super saiyan becoming none other than shutter and proxy <laughs> which brings us to now which is also a reference to 
X-Men Evolution's first season finale in which Scott and Havoc get transformed into Super Saiyan yeah, characters exactly. for, I mean, frankly, Ryan, I no fucking this, right? reason. I don't know why that's there. Well, exactly. We're trying to resolve that plot hole. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Maddie and Todd stared at awe across the sea of mutants to see both Ryan and Truman standing expressionless next to a Magneto, dressed in goth black horror costumes they probably both wore in high school. Their hair stood straight up with a gold shiver to it, like they had just walked through a hair salon. You see, my brothers and sisters, Magneto said, this is the future of mutants, their ultimate forms, unchallenged by humans in nature, to allow them to embody the most powerful versions of their gifts. Shudder and Proxy are the next step in evolution. Their names are Ryan and Ryan, Maddie shouted over the crowd. (laughs) Everyone gasped and whirled around, their attention directly at the mutant ages. It's not polite to stare, Cloakie said. Remember to avert your gaze and then look at them when they aren't looking because at least they don't know. (laughs) How are you allowed near people, Todd genuinely asked to Cloakie. (laughs) And who might you be, Magneto asked. My data does not indicate that any of you succeeded in the mutant games. Don't mind my incoherent colleagues, Mr. Sinister said, stepping in front of Maddie. Their minds are too deficient to process when they should open their mouths. Sinister, Magneto said in a panicked voice. How did you find this place? Oh, you know me. I just can't resist a good science experiment. And you've already built the machine for me, Mr. Sinister said. Funny enough... Only I have the knowledge of how to build such a machine. Well, perhaps also that annoying little man Forge, but he doesn't wear a cape. And while your cape is dashing, it is no match for my cape or incredible high-heeled boots. Where are you going with this, Maddie asked. That I am the embodiment of the fashion empire, Sinister said, with a spin of his cape of streamers. He pointed dramatically at Magneto. And your machine is a blatant plagiarism of my work and only half a success, meaning that you are a fraud. Everyone gasped dramatically. I have no idea what's going on right now, but Sinister just went full-on Naga the Serpent at Magneto, Todd said. I've had enough of these wild accusations, Magneto said, but sadly, you are just a mere small group of heretics, while I am a king of an army. Brothers and sisters, show no mercy toward the naysayers and expel them from our utopia. Suddenly, the Mutant Ages was met eye-to-eye with hundreds upon hundreds of different variants of characters through different universes, powering up and ready to throw down. Mr. Sinister just laughed in response, truly like Naga the Serpent. They'd be like, ah! Yeah, right. right. (laughs) But you've only brought a few hundred mutants here. My dear, I think you and I both know that I'm indestructible and beautiful, Mr. Sinister said with a hair toss. (laughs) <laughs> Maddie, I'll have you pick up right here. Sure. It's your line anyway. Yeah, well, we are made of the squishy pieces that can bend and break, your royal highness. Maddie snapped back at Sinister. She whipped out her keytar. But if this is the game you want to play, I will make you like Mozart, underground and decomposing. <laughs> <laughs> okay, slow your roll, girl, Todd said, stepping in front of them. Let's not go full Dark Phoenix in here. Save the slaughter fest for Twitter trolls. I've got this. Todd scribbled a note on a piece of paper. He ripped the words off of it and threw them towards the crowd of mutants about to charge at them. The mutant winners were teleported back to the beach, Todd shouted. The letters of his words flew up into the air and exploded into thousands of tiny black prints, which somehow created a black hole. 
In a matter of moments, all the mutants who were facing them were sucked into a portal depicting the beach from the previous chapter before shutting with a static shock. Todd's X gene meter depleted down to one. Todd winked and blew a kiss at the camera. <laughs> As you can see, I've always got a powerful mutant at my disposal, Mr. Sinister said proudly. You gave exactly zero fucks about us and we're going to let us die, Todd responded. <laughs> uh, I, I can't do a Mr. Sinister voice. I clearly oh failed before. Uh, uh, you win some, you lose some, Mr. Sinister said with a shrug. <laughs> but now Magneto was furious. How dare you, Magneto screamed. I will make you defectors beg for mercy. Shudder, proxy, attack. The Ryans gave a look at each other. Finally, Truman stepped forward. He held out his arms, which turned into static from a TV, and reached into the wires around him. Suddenly, the whole base went dark. There was just a brief moment of Truman's body flickering like a strobe light of static before they were all surrounded by darkness. All that lit up the room were emergency exit lights and Logan's tube. Oh, this should be interesting, Sinister said with a grin. I'll ready the popcorn and enjoy the experiment. Thanks for the help, Maddie said sarcastically. Her eyes darted around the room. I can't get my sights on them. Okay, I'm going to pick it up here. Okay. Maddie turned, and as if on cue, she was met face to face with Ryan's eyes, which glowed in eerie white. Her muscles froze in place as he silently pressed the pause button. Maddie stared into his soulless eyes like she had met a glance with Medusa. She couldn't move or speak, and then something changed. At first, it was a distant echo in her head until she recognized that they were voices. Next came the images. All she could see was a faint video of herself hanging with Ryan and Katie outside his childhood home. The picture flickered like it was an old camera roll, the sound off pitch. One tear silently <laughs> stripped down her cheek. <laughs> we're going full on horror, baby. Wow. <laughs> oh, fuck this nightmare on Elm Street shit, Todd shouted. <laughs> he did a flip. <laughs> <laughs> he did a flip towards Ryan, ready to drop kick him, but was intercepted by TV static that leaked out of the wires above him, slamming him into the floor. The TV static wrapped around Todd, engulfing his whole body, and soon streamed in through his mouth, nostrils, and ears. The static grew louder and louder until it was deafening. All Todd could see was the endless snow of television. Just above the loud static was the sound of what seemed like a haunting whisper. Unsubscribe. Truman's voice haunted Todd's <laughs> mind. The static filled more of Todd's body until suddenly his eyes shot open, his eyes vacant and filled with the same static inside him. Todd let out a horrific scream. Suddenly, both Ryan and Truman were blasted backward into a wall. Todd collapsed to the ground, gasping for air. Maddie broke the trance and shook her head, wiping the tears off her face. She turned to see Mr. Sinister holding one smoking fist. I'll have you read this part. <laughs> Those were truly some remarkable results, Sinister said with a grin. He raised both of his fists toward the Ryans. But we have no use for these guinea pigs anymore, and they must be eliminated. No, Maddie cried out. We've got to fix them. Fine, Sinister said. <laughs> Let's play it the boring way, where we just let the lab rats free. <laughs> Not that I agree with Sinister, and I sure as fuck don't want to experience the reenactment of Shocker again, but the list of reasons in which they are stronger than us is in the fuck thousands, Todd replied. <laughs> I'm down to one spinning axe, and I can't bake a fucking cake with it. Maddie looked back at both Ryan and Truman, who were silently <laughs> rising to their feet like Michael Myers. Okay, we don't have much time, Maddie said. Cloaky, get Katie to safety. Sinister, you deal with Magneto and figure out how to reverse this. Todd, we have to somehow draw the Ryans away from here until Sinister can do his thing. No, I'm not doing that, Sinister replied as he stepped in front of Maddie. What I am willing to do is deal with the defected Magneto and find the results to this little experiment while you two heathens deal with the Wonder Twins. 
I literally just said, Ugh, fine, whatever. Let's just go before they go full Freddy Krueger on us again, Maddie shouted. <laughs> and remember, when your friends are turned into monsters to haunt your nightmares, you just say, no, no, sir, I'm not scared of you. And then you wet your pants to relieve the tension, said Cloakie with a giggle. <laughs> Cloakie, I, I can't deal with you right now. Just get Katie's safety, Maddie replied. Would you like some more advice? Cloakie asked with a huge smile. <laughs> Fuck no, Todd screamed. <laughs> well, you don't have to be so mean about it, Cloakie responded. He sighed angrily. Huh. <sighs> scooped Katie up in his cloth arms and floated away. I'm going to tell Mrs. Refrigerator about this later. <laughs> I'll take over. Do you remember Mrs. Refrigerator? Of course. <laughs> of course. Suddenly, the sound of Blondie's one way or another started to play, except it sounded like it was being played through an old radio and off-key. Maddie looked over just in time to see Ryan projecting Blondie's music through his eyes as he silently walked towards them. One way or another. I'm gonna, wait, sorry, I didn't run. It's a, it's a one way or another. I'm gonna find you. I'm gonna get you, get you, get you. Suddenly, Blondie's voice dropped to a dark demonic tone. Get you, get you, get you, get you. <laughs> That's a whole lot of nope right there, Todd said. Agreed. You take the hallway and I'll take this one and let's get the fuck out. Out of here, Maddie replied. Todd and Maddie then split up in separate directions, charging into different hallways. Maddie scurried through a hall, the sound of Blondie echoing through the halls behind her. She never thought someone like Blondie would be able to haunt her nightmares, yet here she was, faced with a horrifying predicament. Maddie reached the end of the hall and was met with a dead end. She frantically looked around, until suddenly she heard Blondie cut out from behind her. There was nothing but silence. Maddie breathed heavily as she slowly turned to face the hall behind her. With the sudden sound of violins ripping one loud note, Maddie jumped and screamed as Ryan had managed to get a foot behind her and now stood there face to face with his soulless eyes flickering like an old movie reel. She quickly averted her gaze not to look into the horrifying vacant expression and clutched her keytar. Sorry about this, buddy, Maddie whispered. With that, she played a chord on her keytar. The energy enveloped around it and then around Maddie, who kept her eyes closed. Her eyes batted open, now full of the same pink sparkly energy around her, and shot it at Ryan. I like how you're full Sailor Moon here. With a loud crash, Ryan smashed backward through the hall and landed on his back. Maddie slowly opened her eyes, still breathing heavy. Ryan lied emotionless on the floor. She gasped, Oh no, Ryan! Maddie ran over to Ryan, skidding to her knees to lean down next to him. His eyes were closed. His chest wasn't moving. She started to shake him wildly. Come on, Ryan. You've fallen down every staircase you've ever walked on. Please don't <laughs> let my mutant blast be the thing that finally took you out, Maddie pleaded. Ryan still didn't respond and continued to lie motionless on the floor. Maddie breathed heavily and staring in horror at, at what she had just done. She closed her eyes. She couldn't look. She wouldn't. <laughs> Suddenly, Ryan's hand reached up at lightning speed and grabs Maddie's arm. She shrieked and tried to pull away, but could not break from his grip. Ryan's eyes opened once again, still flickering, as he silently pulled himself up to stare directly into Maddie's eyes. He tilted his head, as if wondering why she was so scared, and then smiled wickedly at her. <laughs> Ryan's eyes then projected an image of Maddie running away from the halls from earlier, a video of an actual memory. It started to slow down, along with the sound it played, until eventually the image of Maddie came to a complete stop. Maddie then turned turned and looked directly at Maddie through the image. Yes, that is, we're in the way you see it. It's your image <laughs> looking at you. A devious grin crossed her face. 
what the fuck? Maddie started, but the words were whisked out of her mouth as she suddenly lost all control of her body. Everything moved around her in a blur as she felt her body moving backwards. It was a whirlwind of confusion as she saw Ryan's body lie back down and suddenly get back up and fly into Maddie's blast. Maddie clutched her guitar once more and then spun around and finally chaotic motion stopped. Maddie breathed heavily as she faced the wall at the end of the hall once again. She looked around in confusion and then it dawned on her. Ryan had rewound the battle so she hadn't attacked him at all with a panic expression crossing her face maddie tightened her grip around her guitar she spun around knowing all too well the, sh- the shell of her friend would be standing before her face to face she hit another chord <laughs> but this time ryan stared at the guitar a beam of light shot out of it and maddie's guitar seemed to magically lift out of her hands at full speed and scattered down the hall the sound of a vh ta- tape fast forwarding accompanied the action no Fuck! Maddie screamed, suddenly realizing how powerful Ryan's skill set had suddenly evolved with Magneto's machine. Maddie dropped to the ground and scurried around Ryan, making sure not to make eye contact, and slammed her way through the closest door, leaving her in the pitch black. Do you want to read Todd's horrifying scene? (laughs) Sure. Moments later, the door opened, spilling light into the room, but a different room on the other side of the base. Todd stood in the doorway, glancing at the shattered figures of the five pyros who were still fast out on the ground, lit up by the monitor of the 2003 computer sitting on the desk across the room. The sound of Final Fantasy X2's song Real Emotion played softly in the background, but the closer he listened, the more he could tell something wasn't right. The song was being played backwards. Todd glanced up and at the computer monitor, seeing Yuna's face freeze in a blur as the computer screen seemed to twitch. Oh, fuck no. Carry on, creepy horror shit, Todd said. He turned to leave when the door suddenly slammed close with a large thud. Todd nearly jumped out of his skin. He pushed the button on the wall. There was the sound of something quiet and electronic whirring, but it made no connection to open the door. Of course I would get locked in a room with this creepypasta bullshit. (laughs) Todd turned and carefully stepped over the sleeping bodies of the dangerous pyros. He slowly approached the computer. A small pop-up was in the center of the screen. The message read, Press enter to see. (laughs) Todd's breathing quickened as he slowly reached for the keyboard. A drop of sweat rolled down the side of his head. His finger paused above the keyboard as he reconsidered his actions. But what other choice did he have? Todd quickly smashed his finger into the enter key and jumped backward. The screen came to life as the sounds of Final Fantasy continued to play backwards. Yuna's head suddenly turned right at him. She giggled and then her head froze, a blurred smile crossing her face. Todd stared at the image, unsure of what to make of the situation. (laughs) After a few seconds, Todd noticed a soft hissing sound from the computer. He glanced at Yuna's face and noticed that her eyes were starting to dim. As they grew darker, the hissing noise turned into a soft static. Todd stared in horror as Yuna's colorful eyes suddenly were filled with all black. The sound grew into a loud TV static that filled the room, deafening Todd's hearing. Blood leaked out of Yuna's eyes and dripped (laughs) down the sides of her face. Todd turned his face away, the sight of blood making him feel faint. The static was so loud he couldn't even hear himself scream. Suddenly, it all came to an abrupt stop with the sound of the window's error alert revealing the the room. Todd breathed heavily as he peeked back at the computer, the blue screen of death reflecting off of his glasses. Then the computer screen went black. Moments later, green text crossed the screen, rebooting. The computer then lit up with the window's logo, connecting. The room suddenly filled with the most horrific noise Todd had ever heard in his life. The sound of dial-up. He tried to jam his fingers into his ears to block off the demonic sound and collapse onto the floor. It was the most awful noise. He didn't think it would end. But soon enough, the sound came to a stop. Trembling, Todd pulled his hands away from his head and looked up at the blank computer screen. He breathed heavily in the silence. And then, more text crossed the screen. Todd held his breath. 
I see you. A high-pitched noise suddenly filled the room. The computer screen filled with TV static, and then the shape of Truman's face appeared. In a horrifying motion, the static shape of Truman began to crawl out of the computer monitor. (laughs) He twitched in high-speed motion and moved like he was in stop animation. Two empty, soulless eyes opened through the static figure and looked directly at Todd. Oh, fuck this the ring bullshit, Todd screamed. (laughs) I love how every character is like, all right, I'm going to refer to every horror movie. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, just in case. It's pretty great. He quickly pulled out his pen and paper from his pocket and began to write furiously. But before he could manage a finished sentence, one of Truman's static-filled arms stretched across the room and grabbed the notebook from Todd's hands. Todd looked up in horror as he watched his notebook sink and disappear into the static of Truman's body. Todd climbed to his feet, ready to run, but there was Truman. He had moved across the room in a blink of an eye in two frames. Todd was less than a foot away from the shell of his friend. A devious Cheshire cat grin seeped through the static that covered Truman's face. Todd opened his mouth to scream, but he couldn't hear himself over the static that had now wrapped around his body. Soon, it was the only thing he could see. I'll stick over here. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Zap! A blast of energy shot across the main room down the hall. Magneto fell to the ground, helpless as Mr. Sinister slowly sauntered over like a Baywatch babe, his high heels (laughs) clicking against the floor. This is pathetic, Mr. Sinister said. At least pretend you are, Magneto. I am Magneto, Magneto replied. Metal ripped off the wall behind him and took the shape of a spear. Welcome to die! The metal spears (laughs) hurled at Mr. Sinister, who simply donished it by moving his head to the left. He yawned. This is truly a bore, Mr. Sinister said. You've hardly harnessed his power. I will show you power, Magneto yelled again. More metal ripped off the wall, but this time it simply clanged to the floor. Magneto's eyes widened in shock as if he was surprised at the situation. Your powers are waning, Mr. Sinister said. Oh, how delightful it is to watch you struggle. Perhaps you should have injected yourself with a higher dosage of his DNA. Although, speaking from a completely scientific perspective, your body wouldn't be able to hold the form. Your whole body would completely melt away. You don't know what you're talking about, Magneto shouted. Please, I can smell a failed science experiment from a mile away, Mr. Sinister said. Magneto tried to get up, but Mr. Sinister kicked him back to the ground and pushed one fabulous high heel against Magneto's chest. He raised his arm, his hand in a bald fist, which started to glow. Now, let's try this again. Reveal yourself. Magneto looked up at Mr. Sinister in terror, and perhaps... <laughs> and perhaps turned on a little bit by the high heel. <laughs> kind of wrote that line in there. I got really. I was like, I'm like, how did this line get here? <laughs> you wrote it. <laughs> Who put this here? I don't know, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> Magneto looked up at Mr. Sinister in terror and perhaps turned on a little bit by the high heel. But nothing can match the terror Maddie felt as she quietly sat in the pitch black room with her back up against the wall. She breathed heavily, heart racing. Suddenly, she heard the door open and close footsteps crossed the room maddie held her breath she wouldn't make a sound the footsteps continued until they came to a complete stop then silence an eternity felt like it was going by as maddie sat in silence she wouldn't move she wouldn't breathe the room was filled with silence then in a horrifying moment ryan's soulless eyes appeared directly in front of maddie the only light in the room they played a loud jump scare noise like five night at friendies (laughs) maddie screamed in terror as she nearly jumped out of her skin she scrambled looking for anything to protect herself ryan leaned in closer his eyes starting to play memories of their teenage years on what seemed like an old film reel once again. A wicked smile crossed his face. And then the door opened, and a beam of light filled the room. Ryan slowly twisted his head to the right like a doll, and he was faced with, 
Katie, who now stood across from him, finally awake and using her iPhone as a flashlight. She yawned and scratched her head. What are you guys doing in here? Trying out for ghost hunters, Katie asked. (laughs) Katie, get out of here, Maddie cried out. Ryan's transformed into a horrible demonic version of himself. Seriously? Again? Katie asked with an annoyed side. She stomped over to Ryan. Katie, no! Maddie cried out. Katie came face to face with Ryan, looked at him dead square in the eyes, reared her leg, and then kicked him in the balls. (laughs) With a loud squeal, Ryan fell to the ground, holding his family jewels. His hair suddenly lost its light and glamour as he returned to its normal color. His eyes once again became ice blue. He was himself again, left wailing and moaning on the ground. Okay, you can read this part. Are you serious right now? That's all we had to do? Maddie said, suddenly super annoyed with the whole situation. I've known you all since we were teenagers, and whenever Ryan was a dick in high school, I would just kick him in his balls, Katie said. You were all really (laughs) annoying back then. It was the only way I could make you stop your goth bullshit. Before Maddie could respond, a scream echoed through the hall outside. Todd stumbled into the room, gasping for breath. The sound of static followed him. Another uneventful day here on Asteroid M, I see, Todd said. No, don't get up. I'll just be over here fighting for my life. <laughs> That's it, fuck you. Static leaked out of the wires of the walls and slowly formed into Truman. Katie rolled her eyes. Move, Katie said. She pushed Todd aside, walked up to Truman, and kicked him in the balls. Truman yelped and fell to the ground, holding onto the holy grail for dear life. His hair shimmered back to normal and static evaporated off his body. I can't with you two today, said Katie. Did she? Todd started. Yeah, I don't understand any of this either, Maddie replied. (laughs) I don't watch horror movies, but today I learned that I'm all set, Todd replied, catching his breath. (laughs) What happened, Ryan said as he climbed back to his feet. He looked at his new costume. And why am I dressed like my Resident Evil fanfiction character from high school? (laughs) More like the Matrix, Truman said as he regained his composure. I'm really sorry, guys. (laughs) That's not your fault, Maddie replied. It kinda is, Todd said, a little (laughs) bit more furiously. (laughs) Can someone please explain to me what's going on or do I have to wait for the Facebook post about it, Katie asked. (laughs) You can just watch my vlog later, Ryan replied. You know that I won't, Katie angrily snapped. After you got us up here, Magneto caught the Ryan sneaking around and he put them into some kind of gay tube that transformed them into Super Saiyan horror horror monsters, Maddie replied. Not to be confused with when I was possessed by the ghost of my evil twin brother from another dimension, Ryan said completely seriously. Don't make me kick you again, Katie said, pointing at Ryan. Suddenly, Cloaky floated into the room. I'll pick it up here. Okay. Everyone, Sinister has Magneto cornered and I think he's going to step on his ding-dong, Cloaky said. (laughs) The inflection of his voice did not convey if he was excited or worried. Uh, (laughs) Indeed, Mr. Sinister was about to jab a sharp heel into Magneto's crotch. Now, let's try this again before I start to enjoy myself. Show me your real face, Mr. Sinister said. Don't do it, Sinister! Maddie cried out as the rest of the cast of the story funneled into the room. We need him alive for answers! Well, tell them, or shall I do it for you? Sinister demanded. Magneto sighed. Fine, you win, ruining my fun, Magneto said, his inflection changing to something a little too familiar. With that, Magneto's shape changed like the scales of Mystique in a Fox film to reveal another Mr. Sinister, (laughs) Maddie cried out. No, not another Mr. Sinister, our Sinister replied. He's just a clone. So just Sinister. I'm Mr. Sinister. Understand the difference, heathen? 
All I understand is that this whole mission is stupid, Katie commented. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, if Magneto was sinister the whole time, that helps Magneto and X-Men Evolution make a whole lot more sense, Ryan commented. See, Maddie? Sinister fixes everything. Literally, this whole mission proves that Sinister doesn't help anything at all, Maddie replied. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, sure. Magneto is Sinister, but why go through all this trouble to get all these mutants to play the Hunger Games, Todd asked. I defected from the other Sinister clones a long time ago after listening to Mr. Sinister and Apocalypse plan for the inevitable power-hungry betrayal of that idiot, Charles Xavier, the Sinister clone replied, since those two imbeciles were busy discussing how time exists while sleeping together and wasting time. I created a machine that allowed me to cross universes and collect the best mutants to overpower them and fight back against Charles Xavier. In theory, your plan makes sense, except you were, like, kidnapping people, Truman replied. Not cool, bro. <laughs> a mistake I would never be caught making, Mr. Sinister followed. My clothes may seem beautiful, but they do not all share the same pure intellect as I, the only true Mr. Sinister. It's true. You are quite dashing, the Sinister clone replied. Thank you, me, Mr. Sinister said, proudly running his fingers through his head. Thank you both for making me want to upchuck my lunch, Katie said with a disgusted face. But now we've found this plenty oh my god can i not read this line maddie i need help can you just read this line for me fairly okay but now that we found this little anomaly on the timeline it's safe to see that your use is no longer needed mr sinister said he pulled a little remote control out of somewhere on his suit we aren't really sure probably the hammer space in his butt crack he pushed the button (laughs) suddenly the sinister clone's diamond started to blink it was an honor to call myself sinister the sinister clone said with a smile Of course, being sinister is the only honor worth mentioning, Mr. Sinister said with a huge grin. (laughs) Boom! The sinister clone blew up. Blood spattered everywhere. Everyone screamed. Cloaky giggled. Mr. Sinister calmly wiped the blood off of himself with a cloth. Well, now that we've completed that little side quest, who's up for Denny's? Mr. Sinister (laughs) asked. No. Wait a second. Explain literally anything that just fucking happened. Maddie responded. Okay, I'll pick it up. (laughs) (laughs) A good leader never tells his secrets, Mr. Sinister said with a grin. You're not the leader, Maddie yelled and just screamed for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) Both Ryans looked at each other with an awkward expression. Cloakie placed one piece of fabric on Maddie's shoulder. It's okay, Maddie, Cloakie said. Screaming is always a better way to convey your emotions (laughs) than communicating. Thanks for that riveting advice, talking cloak, Maddie said. Suddenly, everyone's X buttons started flashing and playing the X-Men theme. Maddie tapped on hers. This is Mitty. We're all here, Maddie replied. Mitty, we've been trying to reach you, Sage's voice echoed through the communicator. We lost you. And then I passed out because I drank too much. I've noticed that the anomaly is gone. (laughs) Yeah, something like that, Maddie said, looking at the blood dripping off a nearby table. Great. Send Discord to your coordinates and we will come pick you up, Sage commanded. Make sure Logan actually bathes before he steps his filthy self in here, Discorder commented. Sage out. Logan, Ryan started. His eyes widened. Logan! Ryan raced across the room to where Logan still floated in a tube. Somebody help me get Logan out of this thing, Ryan pleaded. Oh yeah, sure, got it, Truman said. He placed his hand on the control panel, closed his eyes, vibrated a little bit, and with the ping, the tube opened. Logan's <laughs> naked body tumbled out and landed romantically into Ryan's arms. It's okay, Logan. I've got you, Ryan said, holding on to Logan and trying not to get turned on. (laughs) Hey, handsome, come here often, Logan said meekly with a small smile. The hell happened here? Where am I? Aren't you going to ask where are your clothes? Truman asked. No, Logan replied. Of course he isn't, Katie commented. (laughs) 
Long story short, Maddie started, but Sinister stepped in front of her. Who cares? I'm hungry. To the diner, Mr. Sinister said, marching away. I hate him, Maddie grumbled. Come on, let's get me back into my bed. I mean, onto the ship, Ryan said, wrapping Logan's arm over his shoulder. The Mutant Ages team began to head toward the docking bay to call Discorda, when suddenly, smash! Glass shattered from a skylight above them. Because this asteroid M was designed by a secret sinister clone, so of course there was a skylight in a secret lair. <laughs> and none other than Sabretooth crashed to the ground in front of Ryan and Logan. Been a long time, Ryan, Sabretooth growled. I see that you're getting a little soft. I'll show you soft, bub, in three words, Logan said, unsheathing his claws all at once. Then he didn't say anything. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to go ahead and point out that none of those were words, and it was one sound. (laughs) (laughs) Don't matter, bub. I ain't got time for this kitty cat's bullshit, Logan said, pointing one of his claws at Sabretooth. Now I'm going to ask you once to leave, and then the next time it ain't going to be so nicely. It's not you I'm interested in, Rod. It's him, Sabretooth yelled at Ryan. Uh, I'm Ryan, Ryan said. (laughs) I think he knows that, Captain Dumbass, Katie replied. The hell do you want with my boyfriend, bub? Logan growled. Playing dumb again, huh, runt? You know what this is about, Sabretooth replied. Listen, my memory ain't that good, Logan replied. (laughs) Hell yes, you remember. You just called the little pipsqueak your boyfriend, Sabretooth said. Then he pointed at Ryan again, which means we must engage in battle. So says the League of Logan's evil exes. (laughs) The what in the fuck now? Todd asked, generally confused. What the fuck is going on now? (laughs) Katie literally cried. To be continued. What is the League of Logan's Evil Exes? How long was the Sinister clone posing as Magneto? Where is the real Magneto? Also, where's the closest Denny's? Cloaky, do you have anything to add? If you don't have anything nice to say, you may as well say it to everyone you know so you can get it off your chest. Thanks, Cloaky. <laughs> Stay tuned next time for the Mutant Ages of the Comic number 14. Yay! <laughs> that was a good one. I'm that glad we fun. finally solved who Magneto was on X-Men Evolution. Yeah, right. That was a huge plot hole that didn't make any sense, but now it and all now, adds up. Perfect sense. Yeah. So yeah, I'm ready to fight apparently every character in the X-Men in the Marvel Universe, so that's about to happen. And yeah. Logan won't remember any of them. He'll be like, oh, I don't know who you are. I know, that could go on forever. I mean, Logan's not going to remember dating him. Gene walks over, he's like, no idea. Gene? 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 Oh my goodness. Oh my god. We gotta we gotta bounce out of here. This is a lot longer we than I had intended. We do have to bounce intended. out of here. It's okay. It's a listener mail. Those are always two hours. Um, let's do the plugs real quick before we head them out. Uh mutantages.com. This is it's the place, place where you can find all these different ways to contact us. And that includes leaving us voicemails, sending us emails, joining the Discord, all that good stuff. So First of all, we got an email address. It's themutantages at gmail.com. We also have a link to our Discord server. It's an infinite invite link. So just click on that, join up. And we have our voicemail inbox number, which is 1-508-319-1668. And we got links to some of our social media on here, but all you really need to know is that we're the Mutant Ages on every single platform. And you can send us uh, tweets or questions or anything else uh, via whichever platform you prefer. And we will still... Get that, and we'll read it on the show if it's uh, something that needs to be answered here. And uh, we're also individually on both of those platforms. If you wanted to follow us just for funsies, I'm at Mitty Myers. 
How about you? Uh, I am Ryan Pagella on Twitter and uh, Ryan.Pagella on Instagram. You could also follow me at Ryan Pagella on both Twitch and YouTube. And most importantly, you can pop on over to the Mutant Ages YouTube where we are releasing videos of all kinds. We are re zooming our monthly live streams where we have the whole team here reading mm-hmm. screenplays that were unpro- unproduced of x-men films yeah uh, but there's other things you can see there too like you can watch us play through x-men video games and we reference demon on here uh that's our teenage well that's one of the many teenage uh, movies we made that we put up on youtube and reacted to we sometimes take clips from this show and match it up with the animation of the cartoons or the actual movies x-men it's always a good time yeah it is um am i missing anything uh no i think that's that's pretty much it so there's also a whole bunch of ways that you can financially support us for one thing we have a shop a teespring store i include the link in every episode but it's also at mutantages.com if you're looking for it and you can get t-shirts bags whatever else you want it's all there in the store what are we feeling? Like. Yeah, you, you can get a bishop hopping out of the bushes saying time travel is real, or you can just get the Mutant Ages logo on something. And we also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash the Mutant Ages, where we post bonus episodes about all kinds of stuff. We referred to the Mario movie bonus episode a couple of times on this show, but there's a whole bunch of other bonus episodes going all the way back to Deadpool 2, Into the Spider-Verse, Captain Marvel, like... There's so many old episodes in there. You can enjoy every single one of them if you back at that level. But our highest tier Patreon supporters get a shout out on the show. That's right. In the dark quarters of Asteroid M, Samuel B cried out looking for the rest of his team. Soren B, where are you? And Soren B stepped out. He said, shh, snapshots around the corner. But luckily, Zach S came around and he said, there's an escape pod this way. And they escaped barely just in time before Shudder and Proxy appeared in the doorway. That's our shout out to our top tier patron supporters. You got put into a story for two seconds. Participants in the mutant games run by none other than a sinister clone who would soon be destroyed by mr sinister himself love it you know what honestly like that would probably happen in the x-men comic books it probably would it probably would (laughs) i mean it seems about as plausible as anything else is the mutant ages comic book canon call us jonathan aikman yeah (laughs) i know right Uh, he's not running it anymore i know i know i'm just kidding around yeah you gave us a call uh so that (laughs) is uh that but Let's say you can't afford to uh, become a Patreon supporter or pick up a t-shirt or whatever. I get it. But we do have something that we need for you to do instead, which is review us on Apple Podcasts, review us on Spotify, review us on Facebook, give us a star rating in all the places where it's possible to leave us a star rating of some kind. I'd be nice if it were a high high rating. You listen this far through this episode, so you probably like us. So please give us, give us a rating. And uh, here's the other thing you can do. Share the show with your friends on your personal social media. Post about it. Say you like it. That's that's great. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> that's another yeah, thanks, episode. Guys. And yeah, thank you. Thank you for writing in. Thanks for uh, enduring a very long listener mail. Yeah. Thanks for enjoying the show and being a part of our wonderful listener base. Maddie, what's next week? What are we starting? Part one of what? Well, we're watching a movie. Yeah, but we're watching it in two parts. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> What movie is that? I forgot that we were watching it in two parts, and I was like, what do you mean part one of what? We're not watching the anime yet, Ryan. 
<laughs> um, but yes, we are going to watch X-Men Apocalypse. And Ryan asked me to say that because he knew he was going to get the movie title wrong. And he was panicking. And he was like, I don't yeah, remember what the name How of the movie is. How many times have I said we're watching Days of Future Past and you've been For like... For some reason, Ryan's brain is stuck on Days of Future Past. Like, he just keeps <laughs> thinking that's the next movie. I just don't really want to watch Apocalypse, but we're going to have to. It's kind of funny because, like, we liked Apocalypse the first time we saw it. Well, we can talk about that then. Yeah, we can. We talk can. about our we reactions. Can. We need we to, can. like, end this. It, I know. They, our listeners have been with us for two hours. They can get back next week for another two hours. You're right. Another two hours. And then yet another two hours on X-Men Apocalypse. And we're going to bring two Todd hours back. After that. We're going to get Todd's thoughts on Psylocke, who's in the movie for yeah, two exactly. seconds flat. Um, we're going to divide those two seconds in half. <laughs> Just <Yep>. kidding. <laughs> we're not going to oh do my that. God. Um, see you next time. See you next time. The Mutant Age is a dream.